Let's roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Nick Legrand. I'm Jeff Trash. And I'm Matt Croger. Thanks for joining us tonight, guys, for our very first army review of the year. And we're starting with the delightful army, the Trident Realms. Trident Realms being a, a Mantic IP army. And I think all three of us had, have dabbled in them into to an extent, uh, a certain extent. And the other good thing about tonight is it's an all singing, all dancing Aussie affair. Good to have my <laughs> fellow Australians. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean, we've we've got a bit of extra time as well. I mean, we, the cricket cricket finished up early for any poms listening out there. So uh, you know, we've got plenty of time to talk Kings of War. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, Nick, this is your first time on Counter Charge, but I personally know you're no stranger to podcasting. Uh, do you want us to give us a bit of a background on Nick Legrand and how you came to Kings of War? Yeah, we were talking before the show. I mean, it's uh, it's been seven years, almost seven years now, and I've been stinging to get back on the mic. So thanks for having me on. But um, yeah, for the, there might be a few out there who were who are from old Warhammer Fantasy days who who may know me. I um, I used to run a podcast with a couple of other Aussies called uh, the Watchtower, not to be uh, confused with the Jehovah's Witness. Uh, podcast the watchtower which we uh, we found that was a double up um you know a few months into operation we got like a, a strange email asking us to cease and uh, desist but uh we just ignored that and uh, kept carrying on but yeah so we um we did an eighth edition warhammer podcast there was the three of us and um we ran from early 2013 till i think early 2015 and it got up to the stage where you know sort of eighth edition was clearly on its last legs the end times was coming on we were you know there was a bit of waning enthusiasm you know for for the for the hobby for you know for podcasting um on eighth edition and i think you know like a lot of people that's kind of how how i came into kings of war and it was one of those things you know we had a core group of players and we sort of splintered off in our different um directions i picked up kings of war and I've, i've dabbled in a few other systems to you know to kind of uh keep up with certain people but really i've never looked back since it's just it's seriously, once you kind of moved over Kings of War from Warhammer Fantasy, you wondered why you weren't playing from the start. It's just it's just such a superior rule set. Love the game. As I said, I've doubled in a few other systems, but none have just really hooked me the way Kings has. So very happily uh, playing Kings of War is pretty much my main game since the beginning of the uh, second when that dropped. Yeah, played a bunch of different armies, you know, Trident Realms included. The the internet um, and UB has been very useful uh, over the past couple two years with uh, with COVID and everything happening. So, yeah, just su- super keen to, you know, to keep kind of exploring what Clash 22 has brought us. And I think it's already been discussed on, on Countercharge. I was just listening to the uh, to the episode uh, today with the two Keiths while doing some hobbying. I just, there's so much to unpack. And I think, as we'll discuss, Trident Realms is one of those armies which has really benefited and opened up a lot of options through Clash. For those listeners that might not have listened to uh, Keith's of War, I think that's a really good episode as well. It's probably some of the most balanced and good discussion of, of how they think, where they think the meta, well, particularly in the US, will go after Clash of Kings. And it's interesting um, comparing to Warhammer, isn't it, Nick? And Tracy, I know you were more War Machine and older versions of Warhammer. But yeah. unlike big changes between editions with Warhammer, Kings of War just seems to be getting better, doesn't it? You know, it's 
yes, it's getting slightly more complex, but we're seeing that flavour to probably get really get people to buy into the armies. What, what do you both think of that? Yeah, I, I think uh, the fact that it is getting more complex, uh, people are ready for that. They want it to be a little bit more complex. Uh, so I'm enjoying it more and more. Yeah, I, I went from fantasy to uh, War Machine and then then over to this. And I, my group of friends tended to float from one to another. But once I hit Kings of War, I just stopped there. Um, and I've, I've got no intention of going anywhere else. Like Nick said, best best rule set. And it just keeps getting better. I think this update's definitely been the best they've put out yet. Yeah, it, it's funny, Chris, because I think you've, uh, you and the Greyhawks have gone a similar way to sort of my group of gamers. I mean, you, uh, from what I understand, you kind of all still catch up here and there, but really you're the one who's stuck with Kings of War, and despite what they've been doing, it's just such a good rule set, it's stuck with yeah. you. F- funny exactly. funny uh, point there about kind of uh, old, old um, Warhammer Fantasy, Matt. Tracy was actually my very first uh, tournament game of Wargaming ever. Um, oh, really? back in seven, yeah, wow. you, I, I was a nameless face on your way to the top of that stage, mate. You, um, <laughs> you, you did to you did to me then what you did to Ken Ferris last CanCon. I didn't I didn't take a single model off of uh, yours, and you took off uh, every single one of my dwarves oh. with your undead ETC list at the time. Yep, so right, a little yeah. blast in the past, but uh, yeah. you know, well, I, it's I, really I, a hard army to run back in <laughs> fantasy days. Yeah, not well, not that it stuck with him, Tracy. Not that it not, stuck not with stuck him at all. Exactly. <laughs> But no, I, I agree with you, Tracy. I mean, I think the this bit of complexity it does um, it does give that flavour, which has been some of the feedback yep. which some of the other people which which I've tried to get into Kings of War from Warhammer Fantasy have um, have struggled with. But in saying that, there's a few of the guys who I used to play Warhammer Fantasy with the uh, the Wollongongs, and they're they're full back into Kings of War with the Clash release. You know, when that dropped, I walked them through some of the changes, and they're they're really into it again. So I think it's good to see some people who have maybe. You know, flirted with the idea of Kings of War and found that flavour a bit lacking, and now getting that through some of the formations, some of the new ways that magic works, and, and all that. So, I yeah. think the game just, as you said, Matt, just keeps getting better and better. I'm, I'm really excited with um, sort of what Clash of Clash 22's got and sort of where it's all heading. So, we've had feedback from the listeners in the past that you know that they want they want our sessions to be reasonably short and snappy so tonight we're not we're not here for uh sorry we are here for a good time not a long time so let's yep. skip a full hobby update but i am very interested because i know you guys have both signed up for clash of kings australia in yes. just about 4 weeks time what armies are you going to bring as you know i'm never decided till the last minute <laughs> um i've been practicing with uh varangar uh mm-hmm. other mark Forces of nature, forces of abyss, and Trace, I think at this stage, I think at this stage, it probably be easy just to say what armies you haven't been trying. <laughs> <laughs> They're the ones that I'm I've been focusing on. Um, yeah. Obviously, it, it comes down to models as well. My son painted up a whole group of human uh, models, like regiments and everything, and I wanted to try and make something work there, but it's just not doing it for me at the moment. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd imagine they're not quite. The, the list doesn't fit your normal, your usual list building style. No. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I've tried and I've won games with it and won games, lost games. Uh, but, yeah, it's just not clicking for me. Mm. I don't think you've ever bought the same army two years in a row, though, have you? The same faction? Not that I know Kings? of. No, no, I don't think so. That means you can't play Abyss, mate. has to be Varangur. Yeah, what the, it depends on the models again. I, I was yeah, true. trying to get my other son to do some things for me. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I've used dwarves, vampires. Um, I've used trident realms, uh, force of abyss. Is there four we've been in? There's been four, maybe five. I can't maybe quite five. remember. Can't yeah. remember what they want to be, but yeah, I've used. I know I've used all those four factions so far. Yeah, and what about yourself, Nick? Yeah, I think that was Tracy's cryptic way of um, saying that he's not telling us what he's taking. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but me, I, kind of like kind of like Tracy. I um I, I have a bit of, bit of list ADD. I pretty much never take the same list twice in consecutive games unless it's uh, in a tournament. But the one time I do try and stick to a list and work towards um you know a, a, a list and kind of hobby um I guess kind of hobby project and, and target is for Clash of Kings. So I am taking Sylvankin. I, um, I've been working on that army all year from a hobby perspective and I'm at the stage where I'm in the, the final kind of fine-tuning uh, bits of my list. Um, so super keen to get that on the uh, on the tabletop and, and have a run of games <laughs> with, a, uh, with a consistent list. Yeah, yeah. You have been getting a fair few reps in with those, haven't you, though, particularly on UB? Oh, play by email was a dangerous uh, thing to introduce me to. <laughs> even even, yeah. pa- even Paginero was sick of me, and that's saying something. Yeah, I suppose that he, I've, I've played you too often already, and I thought, geez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a real addict for a while during part of lockdown, Tracy. I think it was oh. common to have two or three email games going at a, at a time for Nick. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll have to learn how to do it. You won't keep me yeah. away either then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's let's move into the show. As I mentioned in the introduction, the Trident Realms are a romantic IP army of a, an underwater people uh, who are based on an aquatic theme. Tell us, give can you guys give us a little bit of of what you feel Trident Realms are in the in the space of the um the the Panathor universe? What space they occupy? Um, obviously, we'll go into that. They're a neutral army. Where do you see them sitting and maybe a little bit about their play style? Well, I, th- I think, I mean, so I'll, I'll be up front. I'm not, I'm not big into the uh, fluff. I haven't um, put, uh, you know, kind of put that on. But what I really love about them is that their play style is very unique. I think compared, I think them and Night Stalkers are the truly, not only from an IP perspective, from a, but from a play style perspective, are, are very, very unique to all the other armies. I mean, you know, a lot of the kind of human armies play the same, the elves, even you know, kind of some of the ogre, you know, ogre plays similar to, I guess, kind of the way ogres have played in other games. But I think Trident Realms are, are very unique in the way in which they play. I mean, you know, they are primarily leading into their army-wide special rule, which I'm sure we'll cover, but in Snare, they are predominantly predominantly a combat army. Um, and, you know, I think uh, particularly someone like Tracia, I know that's why he's had a lot of success with them. You know, they they have a lot of very good these unit what unit strength one nimble movement dictating type units like the Naka, Death Horror Eternal. And I think for someone like myself as well who loves that sort of style of play, it's uh, you know, there's so many different choices you can you can kind of put to, put into a list and, and make a competitive list. And I think Clashes only has greatly um, expanded that um that kind of toolkit you have in terms of being able to put more options into the list and really there's just so many different ways you can play with Trident Realms. It's um it's it's one of those ones where you can really just kind of have a lot of different kind of uh like you know in, in um easy army. I've got like so many different Trident Realms like lists on the go and they're all they can all be completely different. And I think that just goes to show that internally from an internal balance perspective, there's a lot of really good options here. And you can really play Trident Realms in a way which suits your playstyle. And I think any army that can do that is one where you're going to have a lot of longevity with and it's going to be a lot of fun to play. 
I'd agree with what Nick, Nick was saying there. Um, very unique uh, style of army. And probably what lends it towards me is the fact that you can get a lot of cheap uh, units that uh, are still effective. Uh, they're not like, you're not so much the alpha strike type of units, but you've got many medium uh attacking and defensive units, and that, that suits my style because I like a lot of units on the table, as you know. I tend to have uh, more drops than than people, and uh, Trident Realm's one of the best ones for doing that, like a horde of uh, Death Horrors being 185. There's not many large infantry hordes that you'll get at that price. Most of them are 200 plus. So uh, things like that really uh, sort of veer me towards the list. Yeah, yeah, and I, I agree with both of you on those fronts. I, I really like that they're unique, the same as unique. I just think, but for me, I think they're also easier to grasp than something like the Night Stalkers. I really have trouble conceptualising Night Stalkers, but there's still there's something that they've done really well, and I think with the, the halflings and things as well, um, you still have a pretty good idea of what they do when you put them on the table. So if we move on to the special, to the, the army-wide special rule, so that is ensnare, which is a fantastic rule. Ensnare has to be just about one of the best rules in the game, don't you reckon, guys? No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, and when you combine it with, you know, if you're playing, I know most areas in Australia we use a, you know, a good amount of terrain, I think ensnare plus terrain. Uh, uh, but having said that, they've built the army to need it, haven't they? I mean, if if you had the yeah. same stat lines without ensnare, you, oh, you'd be you'd be you'd, be, you'd be pushing the proverbial uphill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that that does lend to where the weaknesses lie in the list. But uh, again, any army that hits on threes gives us a, a lot harder time. Um, all the armies that hit on fours predominantly or fives. That they're the armies we really hurt. And sorry, we gave the listeners a bit of a bum steer there. Uh, we said that ensnare is the army-wide special rule, but in fact, of course, it's not. It used to be more aligned with that. Uh, in version three, they of course have the army uh, special upgrade, which for Trident Realms is the Poison Frog, uh, which is once per game before the unit rolls to damage in melee, you may choose to give the unit the brutal special rule for the remainder of the turn. The unit's Poison Frog is then destroyed and cannot be used for the remainder of the game. So it can be a little handy upgrade. So let's go through into the unit uh, unit by unit entries. I'll, I'll kick us off with what is probably, you know, one of the best known Trident Realm units, which is the Naiad Ensnarers. So they are speed five, melee four, no range, defense three. They come in troop, regiment and horde size, unit strengths one, three and four, attacks 10, 12 and 25, nerves 9, 11, 13, 15, 20, 22 and points 90, 140, 230. Their special rules are Ensnare, Pathfinder, and Regen 4 Plus. Uh, now, for me, it's Ensnare and uh, the Regen. I could take or leave the Pathfinder, but the Ensnare and the Regen 4 Plus are really what makes this unit. Uh, I would have previously said prior to Clash of Kings 22 that the money is all in the Horde. Uh, but what we might talk about a little bit later, but we, I think we may as well bring it in when it's when it's relevant, is that I think with Barkskin in this army, that it actually opens up the other options of these units. What do you reckon, Nick, on this one? 
Yeah, I mean, as you said, Matt, before I, I would have thought absolutely hoard or bust. And to, to a large extent, I'd probably still go down that route. But as you said, with Barkskin, which I think is going to be a recurring theme in this list, it, it's like that that spell was almost made for Trident Realms with, with the low defense. The reg, I think the regiment's now an interesting option. I still probably wouldn't go the troop just because that 911 nerve, even if you chuck Barkskin on it, I, I think there's still better options to take. But unit strength three for 140 on the, on the um, regiment. I mean, even if you just think about them, right? They're a great unit to have back there. You know, so many times you construct a list and they all need to be doing something. And then you have something like a push or a back objective on, um, on like pillage. And you've moved all your army up in a battle group and it's like, oh, crap, I wish I just had something which could sit back on an objective and, and hold it. A regiment's going to do that and it's going to do it at a pretty good discount price and, um, you know, not discount compared to some stuff like um, Goblins and and uh, Rackin and stuff, but it's still an okay price and it'll hold its own with that region. You know, it can't just easily be be picked off with some um, with one unit of archers like maybe one of those units could. So I, I think I think they're a great choice in, in either regiment or the horde. I think the uh, Pathfinder does come into it a bit, Matt, because the, you'll find just about every player just sits it in front of terrain and marches it up into the terrain, and that's where it stays if it's getting an objective or whatever. It holds the centre of the board. Um, yeah, just the fact that they can march up into the terrain does help the hordes quite a bit. Yeah, I think because often, often as well, I mean, if you look down the the list, as, as we'll find, I mean, they're the only big infantry horde. And to then have Pathfinder, it just means that they're, within the context of the rest of the list, that they can really easily navigate. I think Trident Mills can quite easily navigate terrain, unlike a lot of other armies, because um, mm-hmm. Pathfinder isn't exactly you know prevalent within the list. There's, there's a couple no. of units that have it, but the fact that, that you have only got this one unit with a big footprint and everything else is kind of large infantry or smaller really does help them navigate terrain. Yeah, it's a good point, and have them exactly where you want them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tracy, do you want to take us on to Thule? Thule, yes, one of my favourite units. I remember back uh, another edition or two, they were 140 points for a regiment back then, and uh, I remember running armies with four or five units of them. They were, they were brilliant. <laughs> uh, and yeah. then they went up and they just weren't worth it, but now with the changes, um, I'm, I'm back to enjoying them again. So they're uh, speed six, melee three, uh, defense three troops uh, with 15 attacks, nerve 10, 12, 105 points. Uh, regiments, uh, their unit strength three, 20 attacks, nerve 14, 16, and 160 points. Special rules are ensnare, stealthy, and wild charge D3, which is a new one. That's one of the new things they got, and it really does make a difference. I think everyone in Australia remembers your original version two, Thor, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> I had some great fun with those things. Yeah. Yep. So tell us how you use these guys. Well, it has changed now because um, normally majority of people that were running uh, Trident Realms would be using Depth Horrors as the mainstay of a list. And uh, I still think they are uh, quite a big part of the list. Um, but now with the Thule giving that extra threat range, we all know that a, a lot of units out there from the different armies are speed six. So having that, just that wild charge D3 on top of it gives us the jump on most infantry out there. Um, obviously, cavalry and flyers and that are still going to uh, outpace them. But, um, yeah, they're a real glass cannon unit, but uh, one that... Yeah, with a little bit of uh, play. I think they're they're very good. I, I used them today. I, I had a few games today, and 
they were the stars in most of my games that I had. Yeah, I think what you said there about the speed trace is right. I mean, you think about a lot of the, you know, the the kind of threats from a from an offensive perspective in Kings of War. You're talking a lot of the, you know, the elf infantry speed six, a lot of large infantry yeah. speed six. Being yeah. able to get the jump on them with wild, wild charge um, is massive. Um, yeah, and, and it's quite interesting because with a with a, one of the characters which we'll cover later, I mean, even getting an additional wild wild, wild charge one um, um, potential in there, you're at the point where even cavalry are saying, "Oh, okay, at speed at speed eight, because you you know they can potentially get up to to that charge range." So yes. I think I think they're great. Would you would you use them ever in in troops, or have you mainly just gone in regiments? I've only ever used them in regiments. I did look at the troop because of the. Attack side, just the nerve for me is just too low. A- any damage on them and they're wavering, and, and that's their big downfall is the wavering. Yeah. played uh, Adrian today, and he had an army with six full regiments in it. Yeah, I only well. had the two in mine, in my army. Um, he had the jump on me against my depth horrors, and what we found was he was getting most of the attacks, but he was falling down on the wavering side of things. So if I held or got the counters in, he would either waver or die much easier than what the depth horrors were. But um, the the actual threat and the attack, he was getting the jump on me. So you've just got to balance it out somehow, I think. Do you run them with yeah. any items at all or do you think they just sort of just leave them naked and just uh, go with the formation? Well, uh, look, items are good in, in just about anything, I think, but... Um, I tend to want more units, so items are my last priority in most things. So I'm not saying that sometimes it would be great to have certain items on there. Maybe, uh, like, we we struggle a, a bit against Defence 6, so even the hammer on one of them wouldn't be a bad option. Yeah, it's not a bad shout, actually. You know, yeah, like that, against that, tree men a- and stuff like that. Mm, that's a good cheap option. I think yes. you could use any of the more offensive options, couldn't you? Because you get the regiment discount because you're not paying for a horde version. Yeah, that's right. Um, becomes a lot more expensive at that point, even with the discount. But still, for me, yeah. I mean, I was one of the few people actually that play tested Trident Realms before this book, and I remember I was playing in a tournament at the same time, and I had the Thule in my list because I wanted to get the feel of them that didn't have the wild charge. And, God, it was chalk and cheese, isn't it? Like it's just the, <laughs> yeah. the wild charge just makes such a difference. I think they were they were almost unusable. Well, they weren't the one, worth at, taking. Yeah. No, at the 160 points without it. No. So I, I could see a role for troops. I mean, I think if your opponent had no shooting or very little shooting with the wild charge D3, they, they could potentially be effective chaff. Oh, yeah, they definitely could be. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, I think see a place for them. Yeah, and if your opponent did have shooting, maybe as that Berserker-style second line as a second wave, but you'd probably want good access to Banechant or something because, you know, they're still... I mean, they're hitting on three, so you'll squeak a a few through, but uh, we'll talk about the formation later, but the formation also gives them a bit of punch, and I I think the formation's really good, actually. Yeah, Nick, do you want to take us through Tree Leapers? Yeah, Jumping Frogs, so... Riverguard tree, tree Leapers, they come in a troop and a regiment. They are speed of seven, melee of four. They've got no range. They've got defense of four. Their unit strength, one and three. Attacks, 10 and 12. Nerve, 10 and 12. 14 and 16. And points, 110 and 170. And you can pick up a poison frog for one time brutal for five points. 
I really like these guys. They're, they're one of those units I find that, and often in my list construction, I know it's the same with you, Trace. You, you like redundancy. You, you like to take at yes. least kind of two of a lot of things. Riverguard are one of those units, particularly in the regiments I find, where I, I, they're just a real Swiss Army knife type of um, unit. I can take one of them. They're so, because of the, the fly, the speed seven, the nimble, you know, at 14, 16 with defense four and snare, they're not exactly easy to, easy to take down they're just such a useful utility piece and the unit strength three means they're great at capturing objectives i, I often will de- deploy them when i've used them last and they're just really my okay what's a problem that i need to deal with river guard there is it a they're kind of running up a flank and turning to face and being a flanking threat is it a fly which i need to protect from my back line or even or even what you can do is just run off and almost be this sort of nimble uh, anvil, if you want to put it, you know, you fly up, you turn to face, almost like the old, um, direct, you know, redirecting this sort of fantasy, and you just get them to charge into and expose a flank. They're just, they're just so useful, and I think they're one of those units as well, which you can very happily use in both the the troop and regiment form. I think the regiment has that little bit more flexibility in in those um roles that I mentioned before, but even the troops, you know, in that that second line, you know, they're threatening in flanks, you can't ignore them. And they've got quite a decent threat range with that 14-inch fly. Yeah. And they would be uh, sticking to terrain wherever possible, I would imagine. Absolutely, yeah. So the harder to shoot off and harder to charge. Mm. Yeah. For me, I've I've found them the same as as you, Nick. They're a real uh, utility piece, but I think that also makes them a little bit harder for newer players. I certainly think they're an army that takes a lot of getting used to. I was running, I've, I've run these a couple of times and it took me a good probably four games to really understand what I could and couldn't do with them. I, I, I don't think they're a, they're not a beginner's unit. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think what they suffer from is they're often, they often become a bit of an afterthought, you, you know, as, as we've kind of discussed, you know, depth horrors, you know, either you do depth horrors or a base of thought, they often become a bit of an afterthought. And so often what I've kind of done is I've constructed lists and then thought, hmm, I'm either short on points or it doesn't quite feel right. I'll take something out and at, th- at that point, that's when I'll often add the tree leapers and it will be one of those click, hmm, yeah, my, this army can't deal with with this or it can't deal with that and that's when I'll put the river guard in. But they're definitely a unit where even though they might not be super beginner friendly, I'd try to anyone out there playing trident rooms, I'd say run them a few times and you'll find over time that it'll start to click and you say, yeah, there's a lot of ways in which these guys come into a list and just solve problems. It's not and something then, uh, that I've used very often, but um, listening to you talk about it uh, definitely got me interested in maybe giving them a bit more of a run. Yeah, I wouldn't say they're in your normal style, Tracy, but I could see you using them, using them really well. Um, yeah, oh, they've definitely got potential now that I look at it. It's, uh, yeah. Got me head, head clicking over. Yeah, what do we think about sizes? I, I tend to, if looking at it for first off of thinking of putting it in, I would look at the regiment because I want the unlocks as well. Um, mm. Yeah, I can still see the troops, especially seeing you're getting virtually the same amount of attacking out of the troop as you do the regiment. They'd, so a lot of potential in the troop as well. Yeah, I, look, I, I often I, I started with the troops, liking them as sort of as that second um, that second wave. You know, watch out for flanks. But the more I've played, the more I tend to that regiment, um, and and I generally just take it. As I said, I often just take one regiment. I generally leave them naked. Maybe put a stain stone on them, or just generally a five point item. I, I don't think they need anything more than that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're just a great utility piece. 
Yeah, one me. I'm going to give him a shot. Mm. I tell you what could be interesting uh, if you had a couple on a flank, like you said, Nick, is if there was a character with a bit of Val of Shadows with them, protecting him yeah. from a bit of shooting. That'd, that'd oh, be yeah. nice. I think Val mm. of Shadows, I'm sure we'll talk about when we get down to the characters. Mm. I think that is a, that's really a, really addressed a problem with the uh, the Trident Realms, and I think uh, you'll certainly see that being taken um, a fair bit in this army. Yeah. So we'll um, keep moving through just the standard infantry before we bounce back to the heavy infantry. Next up, we've got another Nyad unit, which is the Nyad Heart Piercers, uh, which are Speed 5, Melee 5, Ranged 4, Defence 3, come in a troop and regiment, unit strength 1 and 2, attacks 8 and 10, nerve 9, 11 and 13, 15, and uh, points 120 and 160. They still have regen 4+. plus. They, and they have a harpoon gun of 18 inches, piercing one, and steady aim. Now, I mean, these guys are a real money unit for me. I'd, I'd put this in one of the best units available to Trident Realms, and it's just probably a matter of whether you take two or three. I mean, piercing, steady aim, shooting is is just great value, and I think it probably becomes even more valuable in the Clash of Kings update when there's going to probably going to be a little bit of a shooting chaff war. Uh, I, I would tend to take the regiments, uh, one for unlocks, uh, and two, they tend to need that resilience. I have run games. I think at twenty three hundred, you can you can run three regiments, but probably at two thousand, you probably wouldn't be get, you're investing a bit too much to go more than two. Uh, yeah. But I think this is a great unit. Oh, for, forces of nature, order the green lady, trident realm. I mean, you see, all of them will take heart pieces. They'll probably take two, as you said, two to three. I, personally, this is one of those ones where, from Halpies, I don't know why they had to go to um, to non irregular to be to un, to be unlocking because, as you said, they are very very good. Uh, you know, as you said, they're, they're just such a great unit. I, I would never take them in the troops. I think the regiment is where it's at, but. Benal, as you said, with the return of um, potentially some light shooting, yes, they're defence three, but that regen four plus, it just means that that you you stick them in terrain and they just become so hard to remove, so frustrating to remove when you when you're sitting across the table from them. <laughs> they certainly are. They are they are a great unit. I, I remember seeing one of the matches on uh, Dash Twenty Eight, and one of the players ran about three or four troops. <laughs> And it's something on the same as Nick. I wouldn't run them as that. And they were all shot off within, a, I think, the first two turns. Uh, the other person had a reasonable amount of uh, lightning bolt. Um, mm. And, yeah, it was, I thought, you're just not going to get the value out of your four-plus region at that sort of nerve level. It's just too easy to hurt. So um, great for yeah, the I shooting, but, yeah. Mm. <laughs> You match up against anything else that's got shooting, they're just not going to survive. Yeah, I can't say I've ever run these guys in troops. Yeah, these guys have, have actually become such a meta. And again, maybe because I play against Paige a lot, and uh, he, he always runs them in his order, the Green Lady. But these are, these are literally a unit where I consider as, as as a bit of a meta choice. I've now started adding Fire Oil pretty much all the time to my Glaze Stalker regiments, or you know, if I'm running multiple, even just one of them because just that ability to get that extra piercing on night heart pieces. <laughs> they are that annoying. Yeah, Them yeah. and flame bearers as well, right? Regen. So any form of um, shooting regimen I have, I try and put um, fire oil on them yeah. just to try and uh, deal with Great them. value for five points, in yeah. especially on a good shooting unit like what you're talking about. It would be a great counter for them. So, Tracy, do you want to take us through the River Guard? Okay, River Guard. Uh, there's Speed 7, Melee 4, Rat 5, Defence 3. 
that the troops with uh, 10 attacks, nerve 911, 120 points, and the regiments, unit strength 2, 12 attacks, nerve 13, 15, and 160 points. Their special rules are ensnare, fly, nimble, pathfinder, javelins, 12 inches, piercing 1, steady aim. I can't say I've used the units. Um, I'd say Nick probably has, uh, seeing that he uses the Riverguard Tree Leapers. They seem like a very similar unit, but just in the shooting form. Yeah, I think the I think because these guys did change in Clash, didn't they? Is that right? Because I've seen uh, Matt. I've seen you use the troops I, again. I use the. I prefer the regiments. Um, mm. but Matt, I think I've played you before, where you where you had two. Uh, you had two troops. And they annoyed the hell out of me. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember if they did change. Personally, this is my preferred version of the unit because it gives it that extra. It gives it that extra utility piece, like the twelve inches. You think, oh, it's twelve inches, but it's it's actually nineteen. Nineteen steady aim. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's got a decent range on it, and I think if you've got enough target saturation, they can get away with it, which is what they did against mm-hmm. you, Nick, when we played on UB. Is they kind of not enough a th- threat at the start to take that you really take care of them, but they can be really annoying late game to your opponent. And, of course, scoring. It, it always confuses me. For some reason in my head too, though, I feel like tree leapers should be the shooting ones and river guards should be combat. I feel like they yeah, got the names the wrong way around. It, also, <laughs> it always deceives me that river guard as well in melee four. Sort of like Silver Reef Cav, you expect them to be melee five, but then you're like, oh, no, they're four. They're actually in a, in a flank. Although they've got no mm. crushing, they can, you know, they can surprise a couple of units. Yeah. And again, with defense three, as we discussed, bark skin, it just adds that extra bit of synergy with these guys, particularly in that regiment form, as I said, which is my preferred way to take them. Um, they're basically like this tree leapers, obviously not as not as um, not as hardy in defense, but you know that ability to to nimble seven inch fly um, objectives, even at a pinch, you know. Jump in front and not exactly be easy to take down with the you know that mid level nerve and um and ensnare another great unit and the fact that as you said Matt they can also you know throw their javelins yeah it's five plus but piercing one can do a bit of damage yeah Pierce, piercing yeah. shooting really comes at a premium yeah. and 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 I don't think you necessarily pay the premium for the piercing on this unit yeah another I, good thing about that I, I I'm just thinking a lot of the ones with big shields that run around. Uh, they're going to be able to get round and into the flanks for the shooting, and that, that would uh, definitely be a bonus for a unit like this. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I, you know what, Matt? I have a feeling that it actually was the, the piercing one that they may have picked up. Don't quote me on it. I'm, I'm trying to quickly open the um, the original rule to go through it, but I believe it actually was the piercing one that um, got picked up and has made them that that um, that little bit sweeter. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, all right, do you want to run us through placoderms, Nick? So Placoderm, so these are heavy infantry, so on the 25mm bases. They are speed 5, melee 4, no range, defence 6. They come in troops and regiments of unit strength 1 and 3, 12 attacks, 15 attacks, 10-12 nerve, 14-16, points of 105 and 165, and their special rules are phalanx. Um, I personally haven't used these guys before, um, but Tracy, I know, I think I've seen a list yep. where you've had uh, four or five troops of them. Yes, I was trying that out for a while, which was quite effective. Um, and I don't know whether it was me using them, but they got nerfed down. <laughs> they, got, they lost a point of nerve. Yep. And ensnare. 
they yeah. just haven't seen it, they? it did it did feel re- reasonably coincidental Tracy. yeah i started yeah. running quite a few of the lists um i think they were 11 13 nerve for the troop i think and you're right yeah they and i, I was also running the uh, one of the characters that uh, gave fury yeah and that that helped quite a bit as well but uh, just that that thing of shoving a troop in front of a cavalry unit just stopped them in their tracks. Well, at death six, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They minus um, one to hit, and then six is the wound. It's like it just shut down cavalry completely. So yeah, uh, very I, I think I think they're 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 quite cheap for a death six unit, aren't they? For their yep. for the unit strength and scoring that you get. Um, I do miss. I think in version two there was a horde version. Is that right? But they had big shield, not death six or something like that. No, I didn't have well, a horde. No. No, they didn't have a hold. No, okay. I feel like these guys used to get more of a look than they do, and I think contextually in the list, you probably don't see them quite as much, even though they are well pointed. They're they're only that speed five, so they're a little bit slower than some some of the other stuff. I mean, I I still think they're a fine choice, and and like you said, Trashy, I mean, probably a better choice in the troops when they were eleven thirteen, but still yeah, very still usable. Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I can understand them dropping them down. The the problem with the uh, regiments is the damage output by them. Yeah. So a Not lot of people look at them straight away and think, yes, I'll get this defence six unit phalanx, and then you put it on the table and start using it, it does nothing. Yeah. Half the time yeah. they'll avoid them, and if you get into a fight, you're lucky to scratch the person. So, yeah. and then I've heard others say, well, what about Bane check them? So what? It might have one wound. <laughs> yeah, it does yeah. nothing. And I think that that's a really good point, Tracy, and is big in the context of the list, is that a lot of these units don't do more than one thing in the Trident Realms, you find. I mean, we've talked about a couple of um, Swiss Army knives, but they're, they're very few. A lot of the rules do, a lot of the units do have a very defined role, don't they? So if you're picking placoderms, it's to be an anvil or to be a cavalry counter, and you can't rely them on them to do much else than that. No, the, the other thing is uh, to give you some sort of shielding and shooting. So I use them for both those areas, and they can still be used for that. The problem is that as compared to a swarm, which, uh, is dash 12, these things can and will uh, still waver. It doesn't yeah. take much, a couple of lightning bolts or whatever, but they're, they're still very good at that job. And I, if I'm going to use them, I'd probably use them, I'll, I'll, yeah, more likely to use them in the troop. Uh, having said that, I think in the list I made up, I put in a, a regiment of them, but that was just there to uh, cover any cavalry, just to threaten them. Mm. Yeah, they they just feel that they're one of the things as you said, Tracy. They kind of you look at their profile and you think, great. They just feel almost just a little bit lost within the context of the whole list. Mm. Yeah, they they perform a role, but you just look at what you maybe need when you're filling out your points, and you just think maybe that other units do do it better. You know, they do different things, but they maybe again in that context of the whole list, they maybe perform their individual roles better and. Yeah, you know, the placoderms just get looked over, but again, it's it's a it's a stat line which you'd be very happy to take, and I think certainly uh, plays a role. But uh, yeah. as you said, I often find myself not taking them. Just um, just yeah, look I, I rarely take them. Taken. I think it would depend on the meta. If you're in a meta with a lot of shooting or a lot of cavalry, then yeah, you yeah. would tend to start bringing some of these back in. 
I think they might have also suffered from, I think from the move from two to three and then to Clash of Kings, the tr- whole Trident Realms army has drastically improved and become a hell of a lot more interesting, but they didn't. You know, they just kind of got a little bit left behind and I think there's yeah, a lot kind of newer and cooler toys. <laughs> yeah, agree yeah. with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll move on to the swarm. So the first of those is the tidal swarm. It's irregular, and being a swarm, it is only height one. So speed speed five, melee five, no range, defense two. Uh, comes in a regiment and horde, both unit strength one because it's a height one swarm. Attacks 12 and 24, nerve dash 12 and dash 15, points 70 and 120, so very cheap. Special rules and snare, nimble and scout. Um, I, I, I think these guys can be a very effective front line. I think they they really do need to get picked on the context of your list. They're not the kind of 70-point regiment that you're just going to throw into any list because uh, really you're probably using their, their their combination of special rules to disrupt your opponent's army. I, I'd have to say, oh, I can't really I've, – I've never run them in a horde, but I've certainly run – you know, three regiments in a list at a time, even at 2,000 points. I, I think that that scout can be really interesting, although Trident Realms on average isn't overly fast, so you don't want them getting too far ahead of your army. But, I, I mean, nimble as a special rule is always awesome. So I think just being able to pivot around and, and be where you want is really effective for a chaff piece. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys reckon? I love these guys. I can't believe you disrespect him like that, Matt. I, I agree. I never think of him in a horde, but fire out those regiments. They're just, oh, again, this just made for barkskin. I just love it. This is just going to be like the barkskin cast. But um, <laughs> I just think that you, you say the trial of are slow, and yes, and yes, in a way they are. But the thing is, with being able to scout out in front, it does that really important role of, um, of breaking up your battle line. And mm-hmm. the fact that they are really, I mean, they're really cheap, they're throwaway, and they are dash 12. You know, a lot of chaffers sort mm-hmm. of, you know, um, you know, has an 11 nerve handle on it at, at the break point. I mean, yes, they're only defense too, but a lot of stuff, if you, I mean, you know, you're getting lightning bolt and other kind of shooting uh, shot at it. You know, it's going to take off the other chaff, which is defense three anyway. I just think at 70 points within snare, they just, be, and because you can scout them up that 10 inches into terrain, um, they're just, they're so useful. I mean, I haven't made a list without two of them in, in any list I've played. I just think they are—they're just so—they're so useful. I mean, you look at the dash twelve, and you expect them to have sham, but they don't. You know, they've got—they've got nimble. They're—I just think they're just such a great unit as a chaff piece. Um, I, I don't know about you, Trace. I don't know if they're a, a favorite um, favorite choice of yours. At all. Very rarely will they not be in one of my lists. I think one of the problems um, Trident players make is that they'll scout them up every time. And that's often a mistake uh, against any sort of shooting, especially, say, like the uh, heart pierces or something like that. And you scout them up and then suddenly they've got shot straight away and they'll kill them off and it was a complete waste of time. Yeah, so they are fantastic. The nimble really comes into it. Um, If the army that you're facing doesn't have any shooting, then they're fine to go out in front, but I'll often run them behind my my front line and bring them out when I need them. So I often don't scout these. These these strike me as a very Tracy unit, though. Cheap, you know, can do multiple roles for you. Nimble, yep. 
Yeah. I think I made like about your... six or eight units up when they first came out. God, six, <laughs> six regiments of them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I ever used that many, but uh, mm-hmm. the thought crossed my mind. Mm. Yeah, I, I think um, I think as well. Like just to give you a, an in-game example of, of how annoying they can be, I was a uh, you know playing a playing a play by ML game on UB as I do, um, and I was playing AG and he had, he had a horde of honor guard. You know, one, one of the baddest hammers <laughs> in the game squared yeah. up against them. Got five out of five casts from my wonderful um, bark skins. They're at five kind of ignore wounds, and even then the you know within snare uh, a charging honor guard horde come in hitting on fours. I think he did. Um, Eight, eight, seven or eight wounds, ignore five bump from Bart Skinner. Honor Guard Horde couldn't get through a Titus form unit. Didn't break it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just, I mean, I don't know that requires a spell, but it just, um, again, made for Bart Skin, this army. Yeah. It'd be even worse yeah. for his grotesque that he loves using. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be fives to hit and uh, and then trying to get through the Bart Skin, they'd be lucky oh, yeah. to do a wound on them. I tell you what, next year at Clash of Kings, if he's bringing Abyssal Dwarves, I should just say everyone gets free Trident Realm Swarms. <laughs> yeah, Tidal Swarms. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's a bit off the Abyssal Dwarves at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, since his auto-wound mortars got taken away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great unit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick, do you want to run us through the knocking? Yeah, so the knockins. So they are the other swarm on the list. They are more of the shooty variety. So they're a speed of six. They have melee of five, range of four, defense of three. They come in regiment and hordes, unit strength uh, one on both. They have seven attacks in the regiment size, 14 in the horde, dash 11 nerve, dash 14 nerve on the horde, points of 80 and 130. Their special rules are ensnare, regen five plus, shambling, and they've got a tide spray, which is just basically a um, a breast style attack, 12, 12 inch steady aim. I don't know about these guys. I just I, I really want to like them. I think they have a very niche potential role, but at one thirty points, because I I think you don't ever take them in the horde, because unlike the tidal swarm, they don't scout. They're shambling. You're not really using them as chaff in front of your lines to take charges per se. They're a really funny. Uh, you take them in the horde. They've got fourteen attacks. They can do a little bit of damage with their their shooting, and snare and regen. But uh, I'm really struggling to come up with ways to use these guys. Um, I don't know about you, Trace, if you, if you or, or Matt, yeah. if you used them before, but I just I, yeah. I, I can't find a real strong case for them. I think this is one of the few um, units in the list where I struggle to to find a way to use them. Yeah, well, I did give them a run for quite a while. The regen does come into play occasionally. Um, the shambling's obviously the, the biggest problem, and, and you're not going to go for the old thing of shoot and then try and surge in because you're not going to do nothing in the flank anyway. Um, one of the things that I did find quite useful for them, they're, they're just as hard or if not harder to get through than the swarm, the tidal swarm, but that six-inch speed does come into play occasionally. So you are getting charges uh, that the Tidal Swarm wouldn't be able to get into. Um, and the shooting did come off occasionally as well. Um, you know, the fact that they don't do much damage doesn't really matter as far as the combat goes. They're, if you're putting them into combat, it's just to tie something up. They're not something that makes most of my lists either. I didn't find them completely useless. Were you using them in the regiment or the horde? 
horde uh, option. Only in regiments. In regiments. Okay, swords. interesting. Yep. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I've never played them in the horde, but I have played them in the in the regiment. I think they combo okay with ensnarers. Um, if you were going to go a little bit shooting heavy and you wanted to hold things off your ensnarers for a little bit with speed six, you know, speed six is nothing to, which gives yeah. them a shooting range of 18 inches, you know, without taking any penalties. So I think it can go okay there or for pip damage on some chaff, but certainly they didn't last long in my lists. I think they just, yeah. they're, they're still There's dash 11, but, but yeah, dash 12 is better. I'd, yeah. I'd still go, I'd go the, the tidal swarm over the knocking. I think in terms of yeah. in terms of utility in the list for sure. Yeah, if it wasn't for the shambling, um, I'd I'd definitely be putting them in a lot more of my list. Shambling what's is what kills it for me because they just don't keep up with the rest of the army. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Or if they had uh, scout and they could move up and be in front, well, then that'd be okay as well. But yeah, they're, yeah. They're I thought there not- used to be a rule. I thought there used to be a rule that used to take advantage of their waterbound keyword, but I, I can't see it now, so I, I must be imagining that or it's been taken away. There, there are things with waterbound. Um, mm, I can't remember. It'd be something to do with surge, I think. Yeah. So, Nick, do you want to run us through Depth Horrors? Yeah, so Depth Horrors. So they this is our first foray into large infantry. Um, so these guys are speed six, melee three, no range, defense three. They come in regiments and hordes. Unit strength 2 and 3, attacks of 9 and 18, nerve of 13, 15, 16, 18, points 110 and 185 in the horde. Special rules of crushing strength 1, ensnare and fury. Now, fury was a change um, from, I believe, Halpies. They initially were um, fearless, so dash 15 and dash 18, but they got changed to, um, to fury instead. So what do you think of these guys? I think they're a real standout unit. They are. There's a lot of people going off them lately, I've found. Uh, I'm not one of them, but um, <laughs> a lot of people are dropping dropping off them. I, I play against a, a reasonable number of uh, Trident players and most of them aren't running them as much anymore. The, the wavering on the regiments and even the hordes uh, is a real holdback on them, uh, people are finding. Is so it just... Is it just the, the the lack of fearless now? Or do you think it's maybe the yes. fact that the meta is um no, is moving as a result of clash? To well, that's the what they're they're thinking is that now it's going to be even more shooting, and they were having a hard enough time with the waivers as it was that they're going off them. Now, I've had it happen to me too in a number of games where the waivers were really costly. Today, when I played, I had one waiver right in front of all my lines, um, and it was. A big pain, but it's something that you deal with because they've got so many other good things going for them. Once they get into combat, at 15 nerve with fury for 110 points for a regiment, so still the yeah. hordes. Yeah, I, I, I was just going to say, I think I think traditionally you've probably used quite a few hordes, Tracy, but I'm looking at the regiment there yeah. and and nine attack, sure, not not much, but it's the nerve where that you'd be wanting to take that for 110 points, isn't it? 13, yeah. 15, yes, yeah, sure, it's def three. But they could really play a role for you. Whereas traditionally, I think you've 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 mostly seen them in hordes. Having said that, eighteen attacks on a horde, pretty standard large infantry unit at only one eighty five points with sixteen yep. eighteen. If they're not getting shot, then you know they're still going to do a, a couple of rounds of combat with that ensnare. That's right. That, that's the biggest thing is they'll take a hit off just about anything and hit back. 
where a lot of other uh, large infantry units uh, will die in that one hit. So they're very mm. hard to take off in combat in the one go. Up against shooting armies, um, yeah, different story. I, I've had them, uh, I've had hordes shot off in one go with not that much shooting at me. So it, it can be a real problem. So you've got to think about how you're using them. I was just going to say, what, echo what Trace you said. I mean, if there's if they're shooting a lightning bolt across the table, you've really got to be thinking about how you protect them because they will just melt away if um yeah. if you don't have some kind of screen in place or even just you know be patient if you uh, you know turns behind a hill until maybe uh, you know some some of those threats have been neutralised or, or battle lines have met to bring them out because it, it is a lot. To, I mean, it is a lot to throw away, um, yeah. particularly in that horde uh, that horde size at one eighty five points is something which really will just go down very quick to any form of light shooting yeah yeah i think they really need to be delivered into combat don't they so yeah. in in whatever way that takes i mean we, we've been neglecting you brought it up once earlier but nick about kind of any standout artifacts for any of these units so for the rest of it we might think about that a little bit more um but again any of the the combat boosting artifacts i think would be good also bark skin again as, we, as you keep saying, Nick, you know, on the Def 3. But yeah. also if they if you manage to deliver them into combat, a bit of a celestial restoration could be a real pain yeah, in the bum. Agreed. For, yes, the, yep, the yep. healing. Mm. Well, I think one of the reasons why um, we we haven't really been speaking much about items is because really, besides a few units, I think that this is one of the unique things about Trident Realm as well. A lot of the units don't need it because they are very specialised in what they do. And if, for instance, Death Horrors are already hitting on three plus, they're you know they've got that crushing one. I find that it's almost just a bane chant, or you know, a, sim- a spell can can get what they need to do um, rather than necessarily an item. I mean, I've certainly found when I've constructed Trident Realms lists, I use a lot less items than I would in other armies. And if I do on stuff like Death Horrors, it's like a blade of slashing if there's five points left over, or like a fire yeah. or something like that. It's not often the big, um, you know, brew of strengths or um, you know, brew of sharpness the combat type items i don't i don't yeah. know i mean i know you don't like items much at all trace you prefer yeah. uh um boys over toys but um yeah, Good and uh, yeah. Uh, and look i think that's really fair I, and i think for trident realms for their specialized nature for for whatever role they're designed to do they're actually pointed reasonably well um so kind of making them too much more expensive seems a bit silly yeah, because they are so easy to get rid of with the shooting side. So correct. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're just, a fantastic uh, you, unit with a really big downfall. Yeah, yeah. You're almost you're almost giving points away to your opponent yeah. if you add items, aren't you? If they've got that shooting. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. So now I will run us through the other large infantry unit, which is the water elementals, which of course see some uh, time in other lists. Uh, the water elementals are height three. They are speed seven, melee four, defense five, come in a regiment and a horde, unit strength two or three, attacks nine, 18, nerve dash 14 and dash 17, points 130 and 220. Uh, special rules are crushing strength one, regeneration five plus, shambling and strider. I love water elementals. I think, again, they're not a beginner's unit, but I think. Speed seven is really good. Yeah, you have to. You've only got one. Or do you have? Do both mages have surge as an option, or just one? Just the aqua mage. Yeah. Uh, so, so you've only got one surge option. So that's a little bit of a drawback. But I think at 
probably compared to some other elementals, like Surge isn't necessarily where their money's at anyway, even though they do have Crushing 1. There's still only Melee 4. You know, it's the regen and the it's the regen and the speed, I think, that you're, you're really paying for. Absolutely. Yeah. These guys are thick with many, many Cs. I, I've really fallen in love with the regiments as thick chaff. That's As you said, that Speed 7, Matt, is, um, is mm. really great to just get out there, threat projection, Defense five at dash fourteen with regen five plus. They're not they're not easy to get rid of. Um, Strider as well. I mean, you're not really using the charge, but you know they can just uh, you know kind of sit on on an obstacle in terrain. Um, great thick chaff. I've, again, I've a lot of people I think I've seen earlier in you know playing in second edition and, and a bit in third edition played with the horde primarily, but I've seen a lot more um, people start to use the regiments, and and I'm certainly one of them, which is really started to um to to fall in love with um the thick chaff version of this depends what you're looking at you go hordes for the hitting power and these things don't really hit that hard so you're much better off as the defensive form of it which is the regiment that's the better value exactly 90 point discount um yep. for only three less nerf and as you that's said that's right but virtually the same point. thing yeah and that, that's where if you get those hitting units, that's when you should go towards the hordes. Uh, but if it's defence that you want, something to block or chaff up or whatever, then the value's in those regiments for sure. If you've got an Aquamage in there and you have like, and you decided to swap for the surge option, you, I found that I've included the um, the horde because I mean, they are still a very solid option in the horde. But I find that the threat of the surge into the flank is worse than the actual. Um, yeah. reality of it and people will change and they'll really think about their movement to stop that happening when yeah. really i mean they're not that they're not that great of an offensive unit but yeah. just them but, changing yeah, the way it's still enough to scare you that's for sure exactly yeah have you have you used them that much in the list you've run matt i i haven't used them much in regiments i can see their value and i, I probably would go towards using regiments i've tend to go the double horde option mostly when i've tried to build a overall faster list and, and I think they were really good in hordes as well. But I think for the style of list I'd want to move towards with Trident Realms, I'd be looking towards regiments. Tracy, we've got yep. one monstrous infantry unit. Do you want to take us through the gigas? gigas? Speed five, melee three, defense five, but they do have the big shield, so most of them know them as defense six. Uh, they have the regiment and horde, uh, unit strength two and three, attack six and 12. Nerve 12, 14, 15, 17, and points 125 and 205. Special rules, big shield, crushing two, nimble, and vicious in melee only. Well, that's the only thing they do anyway. So, uh, yeah, it's something that I use. I go on and off them. Uh, you know, one minute I love them, next minute I hate them. The nimble can catch people out. Um, I have had a couple of good little tricks with the nimble in there. But um, they do tend to waver a lot, I find. So you pretty much always have to take them with the Staying Stone or the Fury yep. item. I have tried them in regiments as well as a type of um, a screen unit. Bit of thick chaff. Yeah, as a thick chaff. Again, it's the waver that can be the problem. And that's where things like the water elementals and the, the tidal swarms are, are normally better in a chaff that way but these obviously have that defense six the real bonus for them is moving around terrain so when you set up on a table and you've got a fence over here and a forest there and 
you know, you're trying to move your units up and everywhere you go, something's clipping terrain. These things just zip around wherever you want. So that that's where I found them uh, really, really good. Um, problem is they don't have many attacks. What they do put out is usually a solid amount of damage, but you're certainly not one-shotting anything. So uh, you compare them to things you know, uh, like the ogres have. Um, yeah, there's no, the ogres have much better versions than these. Faster, hit harder. Um, but, yeah, they have a place. Yeah, I think what's quite nice about it is that, I mean, yes, they are only 12 attacks, so they do have that crushing strength too with Vicious. It yeah. does give you some of that innate crushing strength, which, you know, there's not a lot of not in this, much in this list. list. Yeah. So it, it certainly can be useful uh, in that regard. As you yep. said, Tracy, I think you wax staying stone on the horde and, and that's sort of where you leave it, staying stone or or maybe the fury item. Um, I don't think I'd run them with necessarily um, anything else. I think the speed five lets them down a bit. Again, yeah. potentially within the context of the broader list, which is maybe a bit, you know, a lot of it's around that speed six mark. Um, it, uh, yeah, they just feel a bit so. Again, I've kind of used them on and off as well, um, falling yeah. in and out of love with them. I, I I haven't used them in sort of the three horde um, setup like I've seen you use. I've, I've generally yeah. just tended to use one. Um, but they certainly have a place. Uh, I think, as I said, that, that innate crushing strength um, yeah. can solve a few issues. And look, big shield, defense six, right? It always, um, it can always be useful. I mean, especially as you um, alluded to before, Matt, with um, celestial restoration. If you chuck that on one of your um, one of your majors, death horrors can certainly use it. And I mean, you know, Giga's a defense six. Um, they're certainly going to be loving a bit of celestial restoration. Yeah, yeah. I've um, I've tried these guys a few times in in both versions, and I think in both regiments and hordes and. I think you've just they've just really got to fulfill only one role in your list, right? Because, you know, yeah, they can take a bit of punch, but they've only got twelve attacks. Yes, they've got nimble, but then they're speed five, but and also their base size hinders them a little bit with the nimble. Yeah. Um not only for nimbling around units and terrain, but you know, for counter charging or whatever if you want to try and pull off some shenanigans. Uh agree with you, Nick, that, you know, with the with the vicious, it means that whatever attacks you sneak through are more than likely going to wound, but they, they, they probably just don't do it well enough. So more often, yeah, more, more, more often than not, I find these guys getting left behind for me in favour of other other options. Yeah. I find in combat the uh, depth horrors will normally outperform gigas in both damage and in, um, in defence taking a charge. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's probably the value of the ensnare, right? Yeah, yeah it is. Mm. Uh, obviously, they're much better against the shooting, but in combat, it's a bit of a wash. It, it's kind of a funny one, right? I mean, kind of gigas and and um, placoderms. We sort of had a they they maybe feel like they don't um, fit within the context. I mean, I think gigas less so than placoderms, than placoderms of the whole list, and it is that emission of ensnare. You know, when you're faced with a wall of ensnare, and there's a couple of units that don't have it, you're like, I'm gonna go for that one. Yeah, and it, and it feels a bit easier to sort of um, get through in that regard, yeah. despite the def six in some regards. Yeah, and even with the def six, like certainly in the regiment version, when I've when I've used them in the regiment size, uh, I still haven't found opponents have that much difficulty taking them off. No, you know, there, there's still a reasonable amount of crushing and thunderous in the game that can still pretty much do it in one turn. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of the a lot of the trident realm stuff, unless you're positioned really well. 
like your your second wave isn't all necessarily going to take stuff off. Yeah, I, I think just in the overall list at the moment, they're they're just they're missing something. Whether it's a couple more attacks, or I, I think you're right, Nick. Probably that one bit more of speed uh, would be would be the money for me. Even if they got the um the scorch wing treatment and went to seven fourteen. Uh, I think just that few extra little bit of attacks, you know, yeah. with the melee three and the, the vicious and crushing two, it it helps get the, that extra wound wound or so across the line. Yeah, that would definitely put them back into a, I think, a better um, price cost for, for what they do. Uh, when um, you saw me use like three or four hordes of them, the problem with any of these lists where you've got the extreme high defence and the extreme low defence, which is, uh, what we've got in Trident Realms, is that if I run a few Depth Horrors and I run a few Giga Hordes and I run a bit of this and a bit of that, when it comes to shooting, they'll shoot the, the Defence 3. And when it comes to combat, if they've got the high crushing, they'll just put it at the Gigas. And if they've got the uh, good hitting, like hitting on 3s or whatever, they'll put it into the Depth Horrors. They're able to dictate it because most of our units are too slow compared to cavalry and so forth and the shooting. So you end up not benefiting from either, if you understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah, totally get that. I'm not stopping that. the shooting and I'm not stopping the combat as well because they've got better choices to pick on and they can normally dictate that we we do need a chaff game uh, with Trident Realms um, when they have got units that can one-shot you, which there are plenty out there, even with Ensnare. Any any of the elf armies and ones like that, that ones to really watch out for. So, Nick, do you want to take us through the first large cavalry unit, the Oceanborn Naiad Worm Riders? Yeah. Now, these now this unit has had a quite a bit of a change um, in the latest clash um, up that. So they they went up um, quite a few points. I'll, I'll go through their stats first. So they are large cavs, so height four. Their speed of eight, melee three, no range, defense four. They come in both regiment and horde size. Unit strengths of two and three. Attacks 9 and 18, nerve of 13, 15, 16, 18. Points of 155 for the regiment, 255 for the horde. Special rules are crushing strength 1, nimble, pathfinder and region. Now, in Clash, they've picked up nimble and they've also picked up pip of nerve, quite importantly. Yeah. They've gone up in the, uh, in the regiment uh, by 25 points and 35 points for the horde. I think, I think they're quite interesting now. I, I, didn't, I didn't really give them much of a look in before Clash. But now with that, um, with that nimble, and even, and actually, I think the the pip of nerve is probably the sleeper um, upgrade on this on this unit, because yes, the nimble is very nice, the one that you look at, but having that extra pip of nerve with that regen can really make a, quite a bit of difference. This is a unit now which I'm now starting to look at in the regiment form. I only ever considered them in the horde before, but I'm looking at them in the regiment form. I'm thinking these can operate. You know, kind of quite interesting on a flank. They've got that bit of nerve now to be a bit more survivable. They've got nimble, so they can you know rush up, face the flank. Um, I mean, look, they're expensive, thick chaff, but I, uh, they're not particularly thick in a defence form. But you know, with that bit of extra nerve and regen, they can you know not take a hit from a from a main unit, but you know, from a from a sort of just an infantry regiment, which is just a standard kind of um, uh, you know, sort of non fighty one, um, a few other sort of like. Um, you know, even even one of the mid-range flyers in a pinch, they they you know comfortably be able to survive um, a charge from. I I think they're starting to look quite interesting in both forms. Um, yeah. I don't know about what you guys think about the changes. I'm uh, still undecided with them. 
I actually like the Forces of Nature version uh, better. Uh, they're a little bit cheaper and they hit harder, but they're slower and don't have the nimble and they've got the lower nerves. So they've they both got their bonuses. I, too, was looking at the regiment because uh, I just find the horde at that cost. They're still probably not going to take too many charges, like counter charges, and they don't hit hard enough to drop units in one go. So that's my concern, unless they're getting round to the flanks. But it's a very expensive unit to be running around the flanks, and that's normally where all the flyers and that are. So... I think with the horde, I mean, with the nimble, now correct me if I'm wrong, but on the large cab base, you can still do effectively corkscrew charges, correct? I'm pretty sure you can do a corkscrew. You can do, I think you can yeah. do corkscrew. Yeah. Yeah, like, natural height for nimble, quite nice with corkscrew charges. But as you said, Tracy, yeah. I think it's, it's funny. The, the changes to the unit and the increase in points, I think, has worked in the regiment's favour, but potentially almost worked against the horde. Yeah, yeah. The, the extra nerve, definitely great because anything with regen, especially four up, uh, any nerves are a real bonus, but they're still so brittle. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm with you on this one, Tracy, more so. I, I tested them a bit. They started cheaper, but then someone, I think, had a really bad game against a lot of them and they yep. went up a bit. And on paper, I thought that was going to be okay, but now I think they're probably still a touch too pricey. I mean, yeah, they can corkscrew, but they're usually not going to be there to corkscrew. The pip of nerve helps a little bit, but like Tracy said, they with only crushing one, they don't go through anything well enough, and, and so they really need to still be delivered into combat. And I think also... The nimble is nice, but because of that base size, even though it gives you kind of corkscrew options and things, when it's not flying, it's it's actually quite hard to get around stuff still. Like if you're playing all your other units really well, yep, it can come off money. But I think it's it's still very fragile and, and they're they're certainly far from an auto include for me. Uh, yeah. Again, if I was going a faster list, I'd probably have a horde. I'm really unlikely to ever take two. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and again with items on these guys, I don't like if you're putting, for instance, brew of strength on to make them crushing two. You're almost at three hundred points at two ninety five. Yeah. I think you might put brew of haste on on the horde again, just to get increase that that threat range, that nimble charge. But or, or again, your stain stone, even a healing brew. Yeah, you'd have to go somewhere like stain stone, and then you'd just try and bane chant them. Yeah, that'd be the best go for them. I wouldn't be putting Brewer's Strength or anything like that on them. They're just way too expensive and way too brittle. Well, the, the problem yeah. with all those 4 plus regen ones, they, they are great and the idea sounds fantastic and they die next minute you use them. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think that's the little bit of the trap, isn't it? The nimble and the regen 4 plus. On paper, that yeah. looks good. But yeah. I, I just think when it comes to actual gameplay, it doesn't, it's not as good as it looks. Yeah, <laughs> how many units get flanked in this game? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, well, going, usually it's after getting mixed up in combat, right? That's right. So, they're, you mm. know, they're going to die to a stiff breeze still, yeah. even at 16, yeah, yeah. 18. The defense yeah. four just doesn't cut it. Uh, next in the large cavalry unit, we have the River Guard Dam Busters, so frogs riding frogs. They are height four, speed seven, melee four, no range, defense five. Actually, importantly, they are also spellcaster zero. Uh, they come in a regiment 
and horde size, unit strength 2 and 3, attacks 9 and 18, nerve 12 to 14 and 15 to 17, and points 155 and 260. Uh, they've got a whole heap of special rules, so hang on to your hats here. They've got crushing 1, fly, nimble, regen 6+, plus, sticky tongue, Strider and Thunderous Charge 2. Now, Sticky Tongue basically gives them effectively the enthrall spell of three in the regiment size and six in the, the horde size, and they've got the Poison Frog upgrade for five points if you want it. Honestly, I can't say I've used these guys much because on, on in when I'm conceptualising, I can't figure out how to use them best. So I've I've never really rung them. So I might leave it to you two guys if you have any better experience <laughs> with them. <laughs> I've had zero experience with them because uh, I can see the the bonuses that they've got. And in some ways I'd prefer the defense five and, and regen six over the other unit with the defense four and regen four plus. Because um, mm. I think they're a little bit more survivable. They'll take that first hit. Yeah, I've seen them used, and a lot of people have uh, pumped them up to make them even bigger and made them like a 300 point unit. Uh, to, for me, it's just too many points for something I could. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I think you're paying for things like enthrall, which isn't really useful no. unless you're in a surge heavy list. You know, in, in, in theory, they kind of look like. Poor man's whites, right? Because they've got the the fly and the strider, and they they can hit hard, but uh, I I just don't think they do their job well enough. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of those people, Tracy, guilty as charged of uh, loading them up with brew of sharpness, the poison frog, and making them 310 points. Yeah. <laughs> in theory, it's like again, height four. They say over the rest of your stuff that second line, and there's something when you get that um when you get that brew of sharpness on them for melee three up. I mean, they're, they're now in honour guard territory in terms of, you know, crushing one, thunder two, melee three up, 18 attacks, and with Strider, but yeah. they're 310 points. They're yeah, so, that's the problem. So, man. so much, that's the problem with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're they're a decent unit, thing, yeah. they're just too expensive. <laughs> exactly. You, you you go in, you make that big charge, but then they're left sitting there, um, you know, in the breeze, and yeah, the defence five, but 15, 17, you're just talking a pretty standard large infantry yeah. unit. Um, at that stage, and and it's melee four. More. Exactly, yeah, it's melee yeah. four. And that's why you feel. That's why you kind of feel obliged if you are taking them in that second line. We're going to get the charge off. We're going to make it count. You almost want to load them up with a real sharpness to make sure of it. Yeah. And at that point, they're just so. Expensive. I think they should be melee three to, at that point cost, and then I think that'll be fair value. That me personally, I think melee four is just. A rip off on them. Yeah, I, I think melee, melee three, and you bump them up by ten or fifteen points. You, you'd think they're okay. Yeah, yeah. two seventy, two seventy five. But yeah. I, I oh. personally, and I, I've never run them in the regiment. I think twelve, fourteen at that point level at melee four, not worth it. Hordes useful, yeah. just too expensive. Yeah. Or well, the other option is you you give them the like if they're going to stay at melee four, you give them the attack number bump, kind of like um the guardian brutes, you know. Yeah. Pump up their attacks yeah. or something for, yeah, for more, similar yeah. points and and yeah. account for that. I mean, yeah. I I think what they've probably played uh, coy with is the fact that they are fly. So theoretically, they can get to where they want. But fly yeah. is just so much less useful when it's less than ten, right? Yes. <laughs> like the, the way, speed way and, and when it's on a massive base. So yeah. I mean, that's that's why things like 
not having nimble hurt Dracon so much, right? It's these guys do have nimble, they have but then they're they're only speed seven. <laughs> Which again, do you, but, but again, it comes back to the you know if you wanted to give them brew of haste, it sounds like a great option. But then you're back to the fact they're in like four and almost three hundred points. Uh, yeah. They, yeah, they just feel like they need a bit of a, a rules tweak to make them um to make them appealing because they're just in this funny space at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd love to have the unit if they were better costed, but they're just too expensive for me. Yeah, I think it's as you said. You're paying for the enthrall. You're paying Regen Six Plus Lover price tag attached to it. You know, some of these rules, some of these rules which you're paying for, which but aren't necessarily that useful. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's In not going to grind price. either, is it? At, at no. Crush One, once it's lost to the Thunderous, um, the Regen Six Plus is not going to save you. Um, you know, might might get a wound back here or there, but yeah, at Crush One. Nine hits, crush one. What are you doing? <laughs> Four yeah. wounds to a defense five unit. So they're yeah. going to die once they go in if they haven't killed it outright and they don't have the stats to kill things outright. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Tracy, do you want to? We're going to move into the monsters now. Do you want to yep. run us through the Greater Water Elemental? Okay, Greater Water Elemental, speed seven, melee four, defense five. Uh, unit strength one, nine attacks, dash 18, 180 points. Uh, crush two, regen four plus, shambling and strider. So this one of the units that did get the upgrade and I've been toying with using it. It is quite appealing, the, the four plus regen on a dash 18 unit. That's a real hard thing to budge. Uh, still not putting out too much in the damage department, but if you want a real blocker, uh, he'd be great. Yeah, I agree right. for that blocking blocking role, but I'm so much more enticed by the other monsters is probably my simple hang-up here because while he's got nine attacks, like so nine attacks but hits on fours like most elementals, um, yeah. so it's really got to fit that anvil role. And then at that point you're paying 180 points. Yes, it's dash 18, but you've only got unit strength one. Um, yep. I prefer my monsters. I'd, I'd, I'd prefer my monsters to be more offensive. Yeah, well, that, that's why I say I've, I've toyed with the idea and if I needed something in there, he, it could possibly uh, take a spot in there, uh, especially if I had a little bit of surge in the list. But, again, it's not that offensive, so even surging into the flank doesn't do that much. I, I've really I've really enjoyed using these with the change to Regen 4+. I think, um, y- yes, it's, um, you know, it's, it's Dash 18 and... Um, yeah, you know, it's only dash eighteen if you want to put that in inverted commas. But I think dash eighteen with with regen four plus for one hundred eighty points on a small base that's hard to shift. Oh, really very hard to shift. shift. And yeah. I think um, you know, it has gone up in attacks as well, only to nine. But you know, being able to surge into a flank if you've got a, an aqua mage in the list, um, I, I've really enjoyed using it. I think as a as a discount monster compared to the others we have in the list. And and yes, you know, when we're talking about the the bigger sort of monsters or, or titans in this range that the coral giant and kraken yes it's not as, as, as a fa- um, offensive but i just it's a completely different type of monster as a real yeah. mobile um mobile anvil again a, another kind of sleeper unit i think um in terms of in terms of upgrade to regen four plus there's been a lot said about the other elementals and the upgrades they got but i think this is this is a really good yeah. upgrade uh, and i've used it um i've used it in quite a few lists yeah i haven't tried it yet so my mine is all theory on it, um, but yeah, if that's if I wanted a, a big blocker, that's what I'd be taking it for, not for the, mm. the damage output. So I can see it 
playing that role quite well. Mm. And uh, Nick, do you want to take us through the other monster, the Nucker? The Nucker. The one which uh, is it seems to be a bit of a one plus in a lot of uh, Trident Realm lists. So this is a height four monster. It is speed nine with melee three, no range or defense four. Its unit strength is one, as most monsters are. It is attack six, nerve 13, 15, 150 points. It is crushing one, thunderous one, has ensnare, nimble, pathfinder, and stealthy. Wow. I love this unit so much. I struggle to ride a list without two in it. I just, they almost become my first two drops. Everyone knows where they're going. One on the flank, one on the other. They, they're just so useful. So useful. They give, we've spoke, we've spoken about the, the lack of speed in the tribe and real army. And I think the Nucker just is one of those units where even if it went up 20 points, um, you'd probably say in, in a, um, you know, kind of in a, in a vacuum, it might be overpointed at that, that point level, but I'd still take it. Just because it adds something to the list which you really struggle to get otherwise, that speed nine nimble, that ability to keep projecting, uh, you know, kind of threat to those flanks, ability to late game, grab objectives, you know, with the within snare, as we know of the whole list, you know, even at defense four, 15 nerve, it's not simple to get through. And then it can just uh, withdraw from combat and just nimble away. I don't know. I don't know what you guys think, but this this is, for me, this is my favorite unit in the list. Oh, totally. This this is the Swiss Army knife of all Swiss Army knives, right? And and to me, this guy's why you don't take regiments of Oceanboard Nyads because you know you yes you're dropping some attacks, but for a similar price point, you're getting speed nine nimble. You've still got crush one thunder one. You've also got ensnare, and you're only on a fifty mil base. Oh yeah, and you've got stealthy. Yeah, <laughs> so you well. yeah, so you you're shooting, you're resilient. You know, pretty good nerve for a cheap monster. So it can take a hit if you want to use it as expensive end chaff or to keep someone off objectives late game. Uh, I. I'm with you, Nick. I, I find it really hard not to have two in a list. Yeah, I'm one of the rare people that most often don't take them at all. <laughs> so that's next. That's next level. And, and tell, tell us, tell us why, Tracy. <laughs> they are a good unit, and uh, like I played against two of them today in one of the matches, um, and they did give me a lot of headaches. But as in most games, they were dead by turn four. I think. So um, I find dealing with them isn't that hard. Uh, if they do get round into your backfield or whatever and you don't have an answer, uh, yeah, you're in trouble. So they're, they're definitely a value unit. It's just something that I don't use that often. I'm, I'm also not fantastic with big flyers either. I tend to be an infantry player. Uh, maybe that's part of it. Um, I'm not saying they're not a good unit. They are a good unit, but... I tend not to use them that often. Yeah, I, I find they're so useful. I mean, it turns turns sort of one through three, um, projecting threat and just keeping um, keeping opposition players honest. But it's really if you have the discipline to hold off that charge for. I often find that in kings in general, you hold off that charge for a turn longer than you think uh, you need to, and to get into a better position. And man, they can really shine then. Yeah, um, that's, that that's four or five charges. They can really come in and save the day. Swing a yeah. combat. If you if you happen to get them around into a rear, um, you know, potentially doing units over on their own. Yeah, yeah. I think probably I'm not a hundred percent sure. Maybe the times I've used them, I put them into combat a bit too quickly. Because they're yeah. only six attacks. That's the thing. Um, 
yeah. even in flanks, you know, in flanks, it's often more of a this. This is going into assist with a with a combat or, or hold something under distract. It has to. It has it's to because it's not going to break units by itself. Yeah, yeah. But it does give you that ability to do the combo charges, which is, mm. as we know, is the the best way of taking units down. So it definitely has that potential there. It's just something that doesn't always make my list. I do put them in yeah. occasionally, but not always. The list I've made tonight doesn't have them in it. Mm. And I think uh, particularly with Trident Realms, you need that combo charge, right? So, yeah, I think they can be really useful. I can, I can certainly see you having this without them for sure, but, yeah, for me, I, I just love them. Yeah, I look 95% of people would agree with you too. Yeah. Moving on to the Titans. So first up, we've got the Coral Giant, who is speed 7, melee 4, no range, def 5, unit strength 1. Attacks D6 plus 8, nerve 16, 18 for 215 points. For that, you get Brutal, Crushing 3, and Snare, Iron Resolve, Slayer, Melee D6, and Strider. Uh, look, for me, I, I liked the idea of this guy before the changes, and I think Slayer just makes him money. Like a giant within Snare, uh, like, oh, again, I think it, to me, Probably base size is different, but he's far more attractive just for my play style than, say, the the Greater Water Elemental, although it's been surprising to me the amount of people that managed to take it off so easily, but I think that's mostly my play. But a giant within Snare and Iron Resolve, like that is one resilient giant to me. I, I think I think this is a top unit. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and also the, the fact that it picked up, yes, it also picked up, say, a D6, but it picked up an extra two attacks as well. It was D6 yeah. plus six before. Yeah. And those extra attacks just, again, in an army which um, doesn't have a lot of crushing strength and you have, you know, trouble units like, um, uh, like I'm thinking Golems in a um, in a um, Abyssal Dwarf list, you know, Siege Rakers, this thing just goes in, especially those units hitting on four plus you know, against the ensnare, and then it comes in with its crushing three and a and say a d six. This can just be an answer for a lot of um a lot of really challenging units uh, that 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 the Trident will face otherwise. Well, yeah. and I mean, you you brought up corkscrews or counter charges before, Nick. I mean, it can't corkscrew well, but like a height six square base can be so valuable after taking a hit, right? You know yeah. that it can then just if if your opponent's stacking their line, that it can just be off to the side next turn when your next wave comes through attacking something in the flank. You know, it's it's I think that's height six square base after taking the hit and, and not losing anything. So it's not like it's got thunderous or anything to lose. You know, it's uh, every combat it's doing exactly the same thing. Yeah, mm. my first run against these about a week or two ago, I was playing uh, Ben Johnson from the UK. Mm. And we'll often test different things against each other. And he was using two coral giants in his list. And I got the shock of my life when I put the the uh, worm riders into the front of one. <laughs> he turned around and did 2d6 plus 8 attacks. I'm like, my God. Yeah. And it mm. just it one-shotted me in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, uh, it, definitely yeah, a threat against anything that's big. And it yeah. really takes a hit. So want to protect its flanks as we do against anything in the list. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's really going to place. And 215, that's a good price. Yeah, I, I agree. And this is where the the Slayer of Rampage has really made these these Titans worth it, right? Yeah, because so, yeah. you yeah. can target certain units now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they used to basically be 
that they were a reasonably mobile anvil, right? They you, you couldn't yeah. rely on them with their hit on fours, and you still can't. But to have that extra d six attacks when you when you're attacking the right things yeah, well, is just is great. If you think about it, what was a d six plus five attacks? I think before. So yeah, now we get something yeah. lower than the other ones, and now against say a larger target or large infantry or whatever, it's pretty much doubled its attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wild. It's wild. Yeah. Such, such such a good idea because you really do in this game, like the game's really moved on to this unit strength game. So it really needed something like those to make them viable. Yes. Uh, yeah, and so uh, yeah, I'd. I'd I'd, I'd almost say that I'd I'd be tempted to have one in every list now. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah uh, Tracy, do you want to take us through the Kraken? Kraken. Yep. We'll keep Kraken on. Okay. Uh, speed seven, melee four, defense four, uh, unit strength one, twelve attacks, seventeen, nineteen nerve, two hundred and forty points. Uh, special rules are crushing two, ensnare, rampage, melee D three, regen four plus. Strider, Wild Charge D3. So not a unit I've used a lot, but it's very popular and a lot of great rules to it. Um, obviously, the Regen 4 Plus and Ensnare. Um, the only times you ever see these things taken down is when they get flanked, I've found in my experience. Uh, the One of the problems I've found too that when I've come up against them is because of that Wild Charge, it is quite a long threat range and people will tend to shoot it out and that's where they get flanked and that's where they lose it. Exactly. But, that's the downside to it. But it's that threat range which just makes them, oh. um, you know, so, threat, I mean, 15 50 yeah. to 17 inches on a Titan, um, which is then ensnaring you up with uh, with Regen 4 Plus and a massive nerve. Yeah, oh, it's fantastic stats. People just uh, we've got to learn how to play it properly, I think. It is quite pricey, though. That's the only that's the thing which I, I've used it a few times, but oftentimes when I'm looking at it, it's just it really sticks out that it, you've really got to you've really got it's you've got to really have it in your mind when you're building your list. You can't just kind of add it at the end as an afterthought because it is that many it is that many points. Yeah, it is. Oh, I, again, I faced one of those today uh, playing Adrian, and um, I put a ton of wounds on it and it healed all up and. Um, I end up getting it at the end when, like, getting onto like turn five or six, and that was with a rear charge with death horrors because I'd pinned it in the front. Yeah, but, I think yeah. a rear charge with death horrors will uh, will take most things off. In fairness, yeah, he did score earthly, <laughs> which uh, helped. Um, so I was hitting on fours, but even on fours in the rear, that's just not gonna. He needed to bust through the the death horror regiment that had hit in the front, and it didn't do it. So. Yeah, for me, prior to the changes, this was my favourite monster. Probably the changes to the Coral Giant has probably, uh, sorry, if you if you exclude the Nucker, favourite bigger monster. Yeah, but and probably the changes for this guy don't boost it as much as the Coral Giant, but it didn't need it. Uh, it's the threat range. The threat range is so good. And, you know, even though it's melee four, if it's combo charging, uh, if you're picking the right target, it's still a minimum of 13 attacks there, you know, 13 to 15 crushing two uh, and still got ensnare like so it can really take a charge as well it's again it's it's quite a it's quite versatile for a monster and when we come to the formation there's a thunderous charge aura for cephalopods so you can actually get 
crushing two Thunder one with Strider. So, you know, it boosts its utility if you play it in the realm of that that character as well. Yeah. Um, but is pricey. So I think like I've I've got you guys for tonight to build one of you, Tracy, you're building two thousand Nick twenty three hundred. I, I think probably too pricey for a two thousand point list. Yep. Um but I certainly see it in twenty three hundred. Yeah, it didn't make my two thousand list. Yeah. Uh so good unit. Yeah. Now, did, Nick, did you comment on it? Yeah, no, I, look, I, th- I think it's a good unit. Um, I've used it a few times before. I think the threat range is what is the thing I really love about it. Threat range and that high nerve with, with regen. I mean, the defensive output is still quite good, but for me, it's that resiliency and that threat range, which is excellent. I mean, again, we talked about social restoration before. Nerve of 19 with um, with regen 4+. plus. You chuck re- um, social restoration on it. This thing, uh, unless it gets multi-charged, um, it is going to be real tough to shift. Yeah. Absolutely. The the thing I I find with that Nick is that um, the the restoration would be good and it'd be good on anything in the army, mm. but these things either don't get killed at all or they get wiped out by getting flanked or reared, and that's yeah exactly it. yeah they just you, you hit them in the front you're not going to kill the damn things, and yeah. they, they usually won't need the restoration because they'll they'll just soak it all up and regen back and people get so frustrated they'll just leave it alone although how funny would it be to see someone do like 12 unit re- wounds regen half of them and then celestial restoration yeah, the rest, the rest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you could see that you could see someone wait like in theory with that combo someone could wail against it all game for six turns oh that that is literally fist on the table um uh yeah. you know kind of thumping the table uh, annoyance level yeah yeah yeah, absolutely. I, I remember that start of version two when uh, remember, and you could give like a regen item to tree men and things. And I had a a, a, a tree man go into a horde of knights and held it up for five turns. <laughs> it was fantastic. Well, tree know, men it's, it's, do that anyway, won't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick, you want to run us through the only war engine option? Yep, the sad uh, war engine option with the uh, with the harpoon to take down the uh, the aforementioned kraken. So the Leviathan's yep. Bane is a um, war engine which uh, surprisingly has a spell cast at level zero as well. Um, it has um, a range of four plus uh, a defense of four. It has two attacks, nerve of 10, 12, 95 points. Now it has a harpoon with a forty eight inch range, blast D three and piercing two with reload. Now, this did get changed um, from piercing three, but you can pay the 10 points to move it back up to piercing three in the same points as it was before. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't just uh, want the piercing three option all the time. So it seems like a bit of a redundant type of a change, but but anyway. The, the special thing about this one compared to the other war, to other war machines of its type, and it's basically the sort of bolt thrower, two attacks, hit on, hit on four, blast D3 type war machine, is it has the special room harpoon. Now, what this does is it means that you effectively can reel in your opponent as if um, a thrall had been um, cast by a value of N, and the N being um, however many wounds you did. So if you did four wounds, you could draw it in up to four inches if you did cast and snare. Um, To be honest, I've never used it. Uh, it, It's one of these um, units where it just feels kind of like the, the... the sort of bolt thrower or ballista, whatever it is in the the um the Basilians, it just feels a bit out of place within the context of the whole list. But in saying that, I've played, to be fair, more elf bolt throwers, but I played a single bolt thrower um, in past, um, 
And, you know, you just always forget how annoying they can be. Just sitting back at the board every turn, popping away, you know, a few wounds at high piercing, um, they can be really annoying. So I've never personally played it, but even just sticking one in, I'm sticking it, you know, far, far, you know, kind of far back corner. It's not scoring. No one cares about it, but it just keep chipping away, chipping yeah. away. Pop off those wounded units at the end and so forth. I think it used to have a in stare at one stage, if I'm not wrong. Maybe it's lost that. Yeah, it may have in version two. Yeah. Um, it never yeah, really helped it, but. No, I've, I've, they were really good in version two. I, I think the dropping to piercing three as an option I think is not a bad move. I, I've certainly played with them. But, I mean, I, I get what you're taking uh, saying, Nick, and I think, yeah, they can be really annoying, but they, they never do enough for the points for me. No, I think they're I, too expensive for, for what they do. Yeah, and I think I think that's the same for the all the bolt thrower type ones at the moment, maybe with the exception of elves. Um, there are a few um, bolt thrower ones out there that are quite cheaper than these, which I'd yeah. some of the other armies. Well, and I think there's like an Abyssal Dwarf-style bolt thrower that has three attacks or something, right? I, 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 yeah. I think bolt throwers kind of need that third attack for mine. Yeah. Um, and it, so it, it just doesn't work its way into any list. I'd, I'd prefer to take no shooting than take this. Yeah. Well, as Nick said, you'd probably only take one if you did do it. And, mm. uh, you can't make up your mind what to do with the last few points and you've got yeah. 95 points or 105. If you couldn't quite afford any of the options to, to take <laughs> um, and you had more than a Talos form, it's like this very niche point limit which you're trying to yeah. fill, you might take one of these. You might take it. <laughs> In other words, we never take it. Exactly. Um, it's unfortunate <laughs> as well because they've got a model for it. It's quite a cool, it's quite a cool concept, right? Harpoon, but... I just don't think it really fits with the list. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And so with that, before we move into the heroes, we'll take a brief break and we'll be back. Do you take delight in playing with friends and their toys in a safe place free of judgment? Countercharge after dark. It's where magic happens. Check the show notes and Facebook group announcements for the Discord link. Okay, and welcome back. So let's move straight into the heroes, and we'll start with the Nyad Centurion, who is speed 6, melee 3, defense 5, uh, unit strength 0 because he's an individual, 5 attacks, nerve 12, 14, 115 points, crushing 1, ensnare, individual, inspiring, mighty, pathfinder, and regen 4+, plus, and has what I think is now one of the best items in the game as an option, Trident of the Drowned Sea, which is a unique item, Range 12 inches, piercing one. Uh, yeah, range 12 inches, piercing one, range three plus, and that units that suffer damage from this are disordered for 25 points. That takes him up to a total of 140 if you take it. I love this guy now. Oh, Get rid of, getting rid of what, thunder to charge. Just yeah, night. what a Back. pain in the bum. Get lost. Any kind of caster, no, nah, you're not casting. Oh, and, and also, um, and I think it's actually gone up to defense five. It was defense four before. Um, no, it was defense five, but it, it didn't oh, have it ensnare. Okay. Oh, I didn't have, didn't have ensnare. ensnare. So yeah. yeah, so yeah. that's the big difference on this guy. That's a huge one. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 this guy is money for mine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, 
I think any items, I mean, I just think it's, you know, your standard kind of 5.1. Um, yeah, I don't any items. An interesting one, and you'll see it in my list, talk of dissonance, um, the new yep. item, because you, you're probably running them up quite aggressively anyway. Um, you know, you can, one, stop something, um, you know, stop something, something uh, being cast with the talk, and the other one you can either, you know, with, with the uh, trident, you can stop um, some thunderous charge or you can stop another spell, spell caster. Yep. Yeah, I tried him out today, and I was really looking forward to how he would go, and it didn't quite work out the way I thought. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't sound like maybe there were the right armies against you either, Tracy. If there were Trident realms and things, I think if your yeah. opponent's bringing Cav, oh boy, is he? Yeah, yeah, no. Come, well, <laughs> what you got to think is with a lot of the Cav, um, yes, you'll take away that thunderous charge, but half the time it's. It's our ensnare that stops them, not our defence. Yes. Yep. So it's not as big a deal. Um, stopping units from shooting at us, that's a big deal. That'll take two turns unless they move up within range. I, I then tried it with just I took off the Drowned Sea item and just put uh, plus one speed on him. And, yeah, it's a bit of a wash on which was better because they could both do the same sort of thing in different ways. Still, yeah. still seeing with this guy. Okay. My first thought was the same, same as you, Matt. That I thought this is the bee's knees, but um, yeah, I, I need more playtesting with it. So yeah, I'll- he's performed really well for me, and I think Nick, I think you ran him against me once, yeah. and he he held up one unit for three turns because of that ensnare, and then the regen. You know, oh, if, yeah, in if, combat, if he's you, great. Yeah, if you pick the right target, oh, it's such a pain now with that ensnare. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Combat, one hundred percent agree. I, I'm yeah. just talking about that. The that item. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to take us through the Centurion? Uh, the the Worm Rider Centurion. Sorry, Tracy. So speed eight, melee three, defense five, five attacks, thirteen, fifteen, nerve, one hundred and sixty points. It's a unit that I've found. Like you look again at the four plus regen and think, yeah, you beauty. But it's it's attacking skills are, are, are very limited. Doesn't do much damage and still gets uh, wavered very easily or dropped. So uh, the Defence 5 helps, but um, it's one that I tend to stay away from. I I quite like this one. I mean, the Mm. the fact that against Defence 5, that region 4+, decent nerve, square, small, nimble base, and inspires, I just think I I, I really enjoy these units. And the fact that it capped its unit strength scoring as well. Yeah, I, I like it for the scoring and the inspiring mostly, but in practice I found it probably doesn't do enough of what I need it to do. So I, I started always running one or two, but I think over time, particularly with the inspiring changes in this Clash of Kings, I'm going to be moving away from them because I think the five attacks, they just don't do enough for me. They're not, no. they're not really a threat. Yeah, and you get so used to having ensnare in the whole army and then these models don't. Yeah. You know, when you get hit with something, you go, oh, Hang on a minute, I'm dead. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think they're good comboed with knuckers. If you if you're pushing yeah, them up speed together, elements you know, in the list, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think they've certainly got a place, but um, I'm going to be slowly moving away from them. I think the Nyad Stalker. Yep. So the Nyad Stalker is one of these assassin sort of style uh, characters. If you, if you want to classify them in a certain camp, they are speed six, melee three, range four, defense four. Attacks of 4, Nerve of 11, 13, 95 points. In terms of special rules, they've got Crushing Strength 1, Ensnare, 
in their individuals, they inspire themselves only Pathfinder, Regen 4 Plus, and Stealthy. They've got a harpoon gun similar to the uh, Night Heart Pierces, which is 18 inch range and piercing one. This is one where I've really struggled to see its place in the list. If it had five attacks, you might consider it a bit more, but I'm struggling to find a, a solid use case for these. Um, again, if, if maybe the range was three plus for that harpoon gun, could be interesting, but uh, I don't know about you two, but this um, this one doesn't make its way into any of my lists. Yeah. Um, I'm completely the opposite, <laughs> which is good to have <laughs> on this thing because it's nice to have different views and different ways that we've tried our list. One of my favourite ones that I have used, the biggest difference between this and the Thul Mythican for combat is that this has Pathfinder and the Mythican doesn't. And you can run him up into spots and attack into woods where often the like flyers or whatever uh, are jumped into. So he's very good at pinning down. Occasionally you won't do the wound with only the four attacks, but more likely than not you will. The shooting is a nice little bonus. It's certainly nothing that um, I would depend on. But you get a couple of these and you've got the same output of damage as um, Heart Piercy regiment mm-hmm. with the same sort of stats and then that four plus regen he this guy's a prime target for the glass shield yeah yep, good four plus regen he is inspiring he is 11 13 nerve yeah I, I find him really good value i've i've run them quite quite often he's also With- stealthy as well so he's he's harder to shoot not that they're shooting at your characters that often but this guy's damn hard to kill he's like Did a you- mini version of the centurion did you run this um this unit before Glass Shield, Tracy? Because now that you've said yes. Glass Shield, as you clicked, it's like, oh my god, yes, this is literally the yeah. perfect candidate for it. Yeah, no, no, I ran them before that. I've been running them for years. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I've run them in both forces of nature and in and in this list. It was a way of getting a little bit of shooting. I like things that do multiple jobs, and this does both. It, it shoots, and it also gives me a character. Co- that can pin flyers, etc., down, and it's very hard to kill. Mm. Yeah, I, I I tend to sit more towards Nick than to Tracy on this one. Um, I can yeah. certainly see how it could be super annoying. Probably just doesn't suit my play style. And I think I think if I compare him to other assassin types, he's a bit more expensive and also a bit slower than some of the other assassin types running around in other lists. But I can certainly see it could be a complete pain. I, I just don't think it suits my style. And yeah. I think I often, uh, the way I build my lists, I often want my characters to be inspiring. And because he's self-only, he's not yeah, there. Yeah, that but, is but, one downfall to it. Um, but having said that, you're running him off anyway, right? So more than yeah. the way you're playing him, he's probably not inspiring anything yeah. else. It gives anyway. me that little bit of shooting and gives me, uh, something to take down flyers because that is one of the problems for uh, Trident Realms with flyers. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so moving on to the Depth Horror Eternal, which is a hero large infantry, speed 6, melee 3, depth 4, unit strength 1, 5 attacks, 14, 16, 115 points, crushing 2, ensnare, fury, inspiring, and nimble. Now this guy was good already. But the, the inspiring change, this is one of the guys that's benefited most from the inspiring change, right? Because uh, it used to be um, inspiring depth horrors only and now with with blanket inspiring, it's just a prime candidate for taking a couple because cheap as well. And they got lots of use before the change to condition inspiring, right? So the Correct. fact they yeah. do flat inspiring is amazing. Um, the, 
and the thing is, which I I've played them wrong for for quite a while before I realised they're actually defence four, um, not defence mm. three like the rest of the depth horrors. Oh, and um, <laughs> yeah, and they've got and they've got um, nerve better than the regiment four or five points more. Unreal. Their money, money, absolute yep. money. Hard to go past. They, yeah. they were they were quoted by some people as the best large infantry model in the game. A lot of people thought. And I, and I think for the price point, I I have to agree with that. I would say, yeah, yeah. I think um, what's quite interesting on these guys, I know I know we haven't really been talking magic items much on characters, but I think um, the banner of the abbot here, which hasn't seen a lot of um, it doesn't sound like it's gotten a lot of love around the place, but sitting this death horror eternal in between um two death horror hordes, which you know really sets with a lightning bolt, starts to um you know and and don't maybe necessarily need any other spells cast them from your own side um. Has a bit more of a use case, maybe than um than a lot of other uh, situations in the game to use the the spell waterer. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that one, Nick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm one. I have used the banner of Abbotshire a number of times in lists and with mixed success, but I don't think it's too big a cost for an army that really does suffer from lightning bolt. For that, Tracy, did you want to take us through the Aquamage? Uh, yep, something that I've never used, but uh, <laughs> okay. Thule Aquamage, speed six, melee four, defense four, uh, one attack, nerve 10, 12, 90 points. Special rules and snare, individual, inspiring and stealthy. Here's a spellcaster two level, which does come into play uh, now. Um, spells, icy breath 10. And then, uh, yeah, options for all the spells. You can swap the Icy Breath with Surge, I believe. Yeah, so you can s- swap that for Surge 8 if you want. Uh, there's just so many good characters in the list that uh, he often doesn't make it in in my ones. I, I agree. The Mythicon's just a better option usually, right? I'm going to disagree if, with if both you. of you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, right. fine. I, I, yeah, the Rising Tides is a great aura to have on him. And, mm. But, yeah. With the caveat that since the clash, I've been playing it through because I um like the both of you I was on I was play testing and since then yeah. the the change to flat inspiring and the um the spellcast level two that it is and the options it opens up and a couple of magic items in there now is just it has just taken this because I agree with you Tracy before this was just never really saw it had condition I think waterbound so you'd only take it with water elementals in terms of inspiring. This yeah. has just opened up so many options. Yeah, that's true. I did. I did. I was thinking it mostly. In, the in spellcaster two is about the only thing that caught my attention, but otherwise, mm. I I still would put a mythican in front of him. Yeah, I just think there's, there's so many uses for it, and also the amulet of fireheart because it isn't. It is a major uh, spellcaster. I found that um, you can end up with quite a few spells on it. I mean, you will see um, in, the, in the list I've, I've done, I've got three spells on it, including, the, the, I guess, the free one it has. But with the Amulet of the Fireheart, I mean, you've got Weakness is a great spell, Barkskin, excellent spell. You know, I've even run it with um, a different version. But at a pinch, you can also put um, Veil of Shadows on it, give it the Rising Tides for um, the Wild Charge one, or which I think is, is very useful, and give the Sacred Boots. Because all of a sudden the Veil of Shadows is also because it's an aura is benefiting from the sacred boots. So you've got two auras of nine inches. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm, I can see the, the value. It just doesn't fight like the other ones. Mm. <laughs> That's my only problem. Yeah, I, I'm with yeah. you, Tracy. And, and Nick, maybe you should take us through the next one. But, you know, I prefer mine doing dual option, having dual yeah. options. And I, I think yeah. that's hard to go past with the Mythican. But, Nick, why don't you yeah. run us through the Mythican? Yeah, I mean the mythic the mythicans really great because it's it's you think mythican you see the fact that it probably you're going to put put Bane Chan on it but it fights. This is spellcaster level one, speed six with melee three, defense four, has five attacks, nerve eleven thirteen, and for only eighty points. Special rules are crushing strength one, and snare individual stealthy, and it now has wild charge d three. There's a few options in there for spell for spells. I've mostly seen it with Bane Chan, sometimes a lightning bolt, but you know. Wind Boss 5 isn't terrible. Surge, if you want it. Um, and obviously all the new spells. I mean, look, as you guys have alluded to, this this Mythican is really excellent, and it's uh, pretty clear why. It um, it inspires, it fights, it can cast Bane Chant, um, does a bit of everything. Yeah, it's my favourite of, of all the um, individuals. Yeah, and I, I think for me to being paired with the Aquamage can't take Bane Chant, I think you need a bit of Bane Chant in this list. Um, of course, you've got the loot still available to you, but I, 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 yeah, I just think the build outs, other than the spellcaster level one, so the, the traditional build outs are just that little bit better on the Mythican. Uh, that, like you say, Nick, that probably changes a little bit with this, but I'd still prefer the Mythican first. Yeah. Oh, yeah, hand, found- hand down the Mythican was better beforehand and potentially and probably still is in a lot of cases, but um, the Aquamage has been brought up a lot that it's no longer, in my mind at least, the clear-cut winner. There are some use cases for the Aquamage, whereas before, yeah, hands down, Mythican all the yeah. time. Well, I just find that you, you whack the knowledge onto it and brings it up to the same cost as the Aquamage at 90 points and then you've got access to all the spells anyway. But you've yeah, got yeah. A, a unit that fights and has higher nerve. Mm. Yeah, so that, that's why it wins out for me every time at the moment. Yeah. But the Aquamage does have a few other things. It does tend to make it sit back. It's not going to run out and fight, mm. which can be a problem with the Mythicans. Mm. So, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So moving on to the Naiad Envoy, so the and which is also Spellcaster level zero. Height yep. two because it's a hero infantry. Uh, speed five, melee four, no range, death four. Unit strength zero, one attack, uh, nerve nine eleven, and points 55. So it's effectively the standard bearer. Individual yep. inspiring pathfinder regen four plus. Has options of bastion two as a unique option for 20 points. And horn of ocean's fury, which you gain aura, fury, infantry, and heavy, heavy infantry only. This unique upgrade cannot be taken in conjunction with a magical artifact for 15 points. If I'm scraping and if I want boys over toys, then I'd squeeze this guy in. Uh, I have used, to me, I think Bastion in most of the options where it's available. I'd like to see it more like Rally probably with higher numbers but capped. Um, I think kind of paying 20 points for that Bastion 2 is a bit of a waste. But depending on your list, I could see the Horn of, of Ocean's Fury working. I, I think it's usable, but it's going to depend on on your build-out. Yeah, I think if you're going down the route of a lot of um, the Thule regiments, if you're going to mm-hmm. stack heavily that way, then that might be a good option because their biggest problem now, they're great glass cannon units, but they will waver very often yeah i think so. it just suffers from well not suffers but i guess that the move to um 
taken away conditional inspire and just means flag boys oh. are just nowhere near as useful. I think even before exactly. that, the presence of the mythican just meant that, you know, because normally yeah. you see ASB with a with a loot, you already have that in the yeah. mythican and the bane chant. So yeah. I just don't really yeah. see, unless in specific cases with the Thul, if you want Bastion, yeah. I think just leave this one at home. Yeah, yeah. I, he was very useful before, but in this new edition, he's really dropped down. Yep, totally he's, agree. Uh, the conditional inspiring, that's that's made him a little bit, uh, yeah, left out. Uh, do you want to take us through the Riverguard Sentinel, Trashy? Okay. Again, another one I've never used. Speed 7, melee 3, wrap 4, defence 5, uh, 4 attacks, 11-13 nerve, 135 points. Uh Crush one, duelist, ensnare, fly, individual, inspiring, pathfinder, javelin, twelve inches can get the poison frog. So a lot of um, a lot of uh, special rules, but speed seven, fly, individual. Uh, it's just the cost that puts me off. Oh. And only four attacks. Why doesn't it have five? Yeah, yeah it's just, just he is good. Yeah. If, if yeah. you could, yeah, just too expensive for what he does. In yeah, I, I, I would have said no pre-Clash of Kings, but if we see a bit of a shift towards these more powerful mages and things, the duelist with um, the fly with duelist could be could be really interesting, I think. Yeah, um, periscope as well to see. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, he's only a, an infantry. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you put the put the um, Mythican can go as fast as him. On average. Yeah, but but not fly, I guess, and not mm. duelist. So so no. like if you if you put him into a mage, you're doing eight attacks, melee three with crush one. You know, yeah, yeah, you, you're a chance to take that mage off. You probably won't, but I, I think, and I don't, I still don't think I'd put him in a list. But I think he may have more utility than what he did. The defense five helps, but um, but no regen. Mm. No, that region. I think it's... Yeah, I, there's a few stat changes. I think a, a mixture of stat changes and a point decrease um, to make this one worthwhile. Yeah, he, he needs to be decreased in points. Nick, move us on to the Siren. The Siren. So the Siren is a spellcaster level one. It is speed six, melee four, defense three. It has one attack, nerve 11, 13 for 80 points. Its special rules are ensnare, individual, Siren's Call, and Stealthy. It has um, the ensnare, sorry, the enthrall five spell, and it has options for a few others, including heal, weakness, drain life, uh, mind fog, and hex, and obviously all the new ones from the Library of Knowledge. One which, to be honest, I've never used, and I struggle to see um, a strong use case for. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not really seeing this one. I, yeah. I don't know about you guys if you've ever used yeah. it, but um, we used to use it before when it was a special character. So Early I'm, version two, it was a really yeah, good character, yeah, it was really right? Good. I, yeah. I think it's it's cool used to disorder your opponent. Yeah, it's as well like as what, the weapon that they put on the Centurion now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, same, I mean, same. what could be useful? Because a Siren's Call, just to um, uh, differentiate from just the normal thrallers, it means it's increased to 24-inch range from 18. And if one or more hits are scored, you make a nerve test as if it's been damaged. It's like, well, you know, I think if they actually said roll to damage, sort of like what the Hexcaster has, even if it doesn't have the piercing, you know, then that mm-hmm. actually becomes slightly useful, just in its mm-hmm. current form. No inspiring. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. No inspiring. Defense three. You'll, you know, yeah. die to a stiff breeze, and uh, it's got some great spells. But that's when you're whacking the price up on a an individual that's 
Yeah, it had to inspiring at least even consider it. Correct. If it had inspiring, I'd look at it, particularly as a caddy for a spell, yeah. um, for something from the, the library, like your bark skin or something yep. for a cheap option. But, again, you're paying for enthrall, which is just a pretty ordinary spell in this list. Yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, something that would have been really cool um, for something like this is like inspiring your own troops, but within six inches your opponent can't yeah. use inspiring, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, something like that I think yeah, would have been something. Yeah, I know the enthrall is probably fitting in with the, you know, the theme of what a siren's meant to do, but it's just a nothing unit in this list for yeah. me. Make it do damage. Make it do damage with enthrall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. If you're running all giggers, you might look at it for the weakness spell, but um, as we're not normally running those sort of things, uh, weakness doesn't come into it that much. Drain life's a great spell, but, again, 110 points for something that will doesn't make it. No, I agree. Not my um, So moving on to the Dam Buster Sentinel. So speed seven, melee three, def five. Uh, so gets the bump in melee compared to the unit. Five attacks, 12, 14, unit strength one because it's a hero monster. 150 points. Crush two, fly, inspiring, nimble, regen six plus, sticky tongue, strider, thunderous one, and enthrall four. Uh, enthrall four. Enthrall four. Uh, with a poison frog option, I think this is more usable than the than the unit. Benefits from the change in inspiring, but I think the nerve is too low, and I think for the price point, you've got better options. Pay ten exactly. points more to get a uh, worm rider centurion. Yeah, well, I, 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 put them, I put them both in the same boat. Personally, I yeah. wouldn't pay those points for those ones. So, Tracy, do you want to yes. take us through the man, Hector? Hector. Another one of most people's favourite uh, units. Uh, so he is speed 5, melee 3, defence 6. Six attacks, nerve 12, 14, 165 points. Crush 2, ensnare, individual, inspiring, Kraken Moor, which is his uh, windbar spell, with the damage. Uh, Mighty and Phalanx. So windbar state. Uh, yeah. Very good unit. Yeah. Uh, I tend not to take him again because uh, I find the other characters can do not as good a job as him but will do what I need them to do at half the price. But, um, yeah, I understand anyone taking him. He's a, a good model. He does give you a little bit of shooting. Very hard to, to kill, but he's not unkillable like a lot of people seem to think. No, it's that nerve. It, I mean, yeah. yes, since air and the phalanx and the death sinks is awesome, but it's still only twelve yeah. fourteen. Yeah, but I, I, I still love him. I still love Hector. Um, yeah, yeah, he is great. The, our lack of uh, healing in the list is one of the problems. If he had heal, um, he he'd just come up so much better. So if he if they do get some lucky rolls through, you could patch him up again, and you know they'd be there forever. Half the time they are there forever. I played against <laughs> Hector the other day with the brother Mark and one shot at him in the front. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, I, 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 my my early Trident Realms list, I, I used to build around him, but now, like I see, there's a. We'll come to our, the questions later, and a lot of people say, "How do you build a list without Hector?" I, he's barely in any of my lists anymore. I think he is great for getting you under your opponent's skin, skin because with yeah. Def Six. Ensnare, 
inspiring. Mighty, you know, is probably he's a great mighty character and phalanx, like he's his cavalry bane, right? Um, and and Nick, like talking about the siren, the fact that the wind blast eight does damage is is awesome. Exactly. So it gives it makes him a little bit of a toolbox. So I think awesome character, but yeah, quite, quite expensive and still only speed five. I can easily leave him at home these days. Yeah, very good, but yeah, that that's the problem with the whole list. There's heaps of good stuff and in the list, isn't there? So mm. you can't have everything. Yeah. Did you have thoughts on him, Nick? Yeah, look, I, I think he's a great piece. Um, but, again, it does uh, – it, it's the nerve at that price point that makes me a bit nervous. But, look, I think even the fact that the wind blast is eight, you know, I think it's the highest natural wind blast in the game, which is yeah. funny. It's a decent amount and the fact that it does damage um, in addition to excellent fighting um, abilities. Uh, I, I've got him in the list, that, as we'll see later. But, again, I, I can quite comfortably make lists without him. Um, yeah. Great piece to have in, but – you know, really nice to have, but not a not a one plus. Yeah. Mm. And on legendary options, do you want to run us through the Trident King then? Yes, the King on his mighty chariot. Um, so the Trident King is speed eight, melee four, range four, defense five, unit strength one. It has twelve attacks, fourteen, sixteen nerve, and coming at two hundred and thirty points. Special rules are crushing strength one, ensnare, nimble, regen five plus. Thunderous Charge 1, very inspiring, and it has Tide Spray, which is a 12-inch piercing 1 steady aim attack. I I have used the Trident King in, I think, one game before. It's it's one of those it's one of those units which has a bunch of special rules and it's paying the points for all of them. Um, and it just it comes down to that point that it's trying to do too many things at once and is too expensive for that. I mean the melee four. Uh, the melee four, it's really not great with only twelve attacks. Um, yeah, it's nimble, and snare and regen, but uh, I don't know about you guys. I just think sort of what you said about Ector Tracy. I just think there's a bunch of other characters in there which can do a really good job, yeah. do what they need to do well at a yeah. much cheaper price. And I think despite the Trident King not being a poor option, um, yeah. I just think it gets outshone by the um, by the more um, specialized discounted cost you get through the other characters in the list. Yeah, the times I've used him, and he'd probably make about one in every five of my lists. Um, the shooting is the the biggest thing I get out of him, and you don't really want to be paying two hundred and thirty points for a, a yeah. breath attack, even though it's a very good breath attack. Um, I used to put it in if I didn't have much inspiring, because of the very inspiring. Yep, but that's going to be less of an issue Not now issue. as mm. well. Fantastic defensive stats, but again, because he's on that chariot base, he tends to get killed when he gets flanked. Yeah, which happens more often than not. So, yeah, I, I agree with both of your assessments there, Nick. Totally agree with you know he does so many things, but he's paying for all of them, which makes him quite expensive. And then yeah, Tracy, I think when when he has been good for me, like I, I used him for about six games in a row once, trying to make him work, and he's he's um, tide spray would do something, but he just never did anything in combat. And yeah. I, I look at a character like him, this Trident King, you know, that's essentially meant to be this underwater. I'd, I'd prefer to just see him like a bulked up combat character. You know, I'd, I'd pay the 230 points if you give me, you know, melee three, um, maybe keep his ranged attack, but make him crush two, thunder one, and very inspiring. I'd, I'd, I don't know. I just, I just think... He doesn't do any of what he's meant to do well enough mm. to be worth the points. 
Yeah, it's yeah. again, it's a great unit. It's just a bit expensive. Yeah. Uh, so finishing off the unique options, we've got Kairosh, the Hunter in the Deep. So spellcaster level one, height two, because he's infantry. Speed seven, melee three, defense four. Uh, no unit strength. Five attacks, nerve 12, 14 for 140 points. Special rules, crushing one, ensnare, hunter in the deep, individual, inspiring, scout, stealthy, wild charge D3, and lightning bolt three. I'd have to look up. What's hunter in the deep do? And that basically means it doubles attacks and gets vicious against uh, large cavalry monsters and titans. Not large inventory, though, unfortunately. Yeah, so a little, little bit situational for me. Again, we've said this a few times now. There's probably things that do his job better, uh, but I mean the one, the really good thing going for him is the speed with the wild charge and, and the having scout. ensnare and scout uh, and, he can and, move and, up. and the scout. So yeah. I, I, I certainly think there's uses for him, and I think he could be against the right armies really annoying. Um, I'm probably a little more likely these days to take him the nectar for that speed reason and the scout. Um, but uh, he's probably he's certainly not a plus one for me. No. Not a plus one, but I think very useful. I think about the um, – because, as I mentioned, I've been playing a lot of Sylvan Kin, and um, although I've not settled on using the formation, just that speed seven scouting king in that formation can just be so annoying. You could use it really aggressively um, to, to kind of force issues and you know get in spots where they can't charge you, particularly with that speed seven scout and then charge turn one. Kairos can do that as well, but it also has Wild Charge D3. And it's like a stealthy, um, you know, in case you do get a few of those shots coming in when you've scouted up, um, the ensnare, I, I think it's a really very, very good, again, sort of like I mentioned um, much earlier on with the, the Tree Leapers, a real good um, Swiss Army knife that just goes and takes care, care of problems where they pop up. So I've definitely I've definitely toyed with Kairos before. I don't know. This this doesn't feel like a, a very Tracy character to me. Am I am I right? Yes. The one thing I will say that if I do decide to take him, I would probably be running the uh, host shadow beast in my list. Oh yeah, yeah. So that you can get him up to like twenty two attacks and stuff like that, or twenty. Yeah, on the uh, yeah, yeah on the um against titans and stuff. Yes. Yeah. That could blow people away. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So that if I'm going to take him, I'd be putting that in the list. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I played against him and had my um, greater air elemental charged on turn one uh, by him, but uh, <laughs> he ended up dying, and my uh, air elemental ended up getting healed back up. But it was just mm. that the green lady was over there and was able to heal him up quicker than mm. he could do damage. The crush one means that he doesn't put out that much output. So um, the five attacks going to ten attacks sounds great, but doesn't do that much mm. as it is. Most most monsters are defense five. So you're only looking at about three wounds, three or four wounds mm. at max. Yeah, it's not something you'd go solo on a monster. No. Um, no. But again, but that's it's just what something you can normally think of, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's just one of those units where it can just, with its speed, its scout, wild charge, you can just get into places where, whether oh. it's a combo charge, whether it's charging a mage behind, you know, getting behind the lines, and all of a sudden they've got a problem. They've got Kairos behind their lines, looking at their mages, even war machines at a pinch if they're, you know, because we know the list is susceptible to shooting. Yeah. Um, again, one of those units that just can solve problems as they pop up. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's uh, mm. could have a lot of good uses. Mm. And um, Tracy, we've got a formation available to us. So yes. do you want to take us through that? Okay, mm. the formation. Okay, you must uh, the hidden ones. Two regiments of Thule, uh, ten points each. I've got extra onto the unit. Inisha, which is one Thule Mythican, for an extra ten points. All units in this formation gain the Pathfinder special rule, and the Thule Mythican gains the Aura Thunderous Charge one. Cephalopod or whatever Cephal- one is. Mister Mister O. Mouthful there, um, <laughs> yeah. only a uh, special rule. Absolutely love this. This is the best change in the list. In my yeah, list. cracking formation. I will not cracking. run a list without this. Uh, in well, the- I mean, you were taking fool anyway, right, Tracy? And for the well, sake of 30 was, points, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For getting Pathfinder on the two units plus the, the character himself and then not only affecting those units but can affect other fool units with that Thunderous Charge 1, Combine that with the wild charge D three, mm. just flips them around completely. So yeah, fantastic. Yeah, including affecting itself because it's it's cephalopod the mythican. So right. you know it gives it's then crushing one thunder one. Yep. Um, affects the kraken. Affects Kairosh, Interestingly, yeah. Other um, pull as well. Even if again that second line of um troops that you might have, it's just yeah. that's it's what great other units. Yeah, it's brilliant. Because most things only affect the units in there, but because exactly. it's an aura affecting the others, you can run the extra units. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, essentially you're getting half-price <laughs> Pathfinder on each of the units, right? And yeah. and you're not even paying for it on the Mythican because it's getting it and yeah. it's getting a, a Thunderous Charge aura. So it, it's, yeah, yeah. A, a, awesome formation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think fantastic. one of the best formations uh, in the class book, I'd say. I'd, I'd say so too. And the points are very cheap for what it mm. does. Well, when you take into account they're stealthy also, right? So yep. stealthy plus Pathfinder is a great combination. The biggest thing the stealth does means that they tend not to shoot them. They'll tend to shoot the, the Taurus instead. Yeah. I don't think stealth saves them that much. Mm. Um. You know, it's minus one to hit, but a defence three, anything gets you, and the the lightning bolts are still going to get you anyway. Um, yeah, but if you're stealth and in cover. Yeah. I think mm. the bark skin is uh, mm. a bit of a saviour on that one. Yeah. Bark skin for everything. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't the unique spell. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, that would be good. All right. So that takes us through the unit by unit. We'll take another brief break, and we'll be back. Hey guys, this is Kyle from Mantic, Mr. Pretzel Twinkie himself, and you're listening to Countercharge. Uh, so welcome back. So now we're going to explore a little bit around the army and we're going to take some listener questions as well. Um, but what do we believe the biggest changes for this army are moving forward in 2022 after Clash of Kings? Removal of conditional inspirings has got to be the biggest for this army. I mean, there were so many, um, so many of the characters, um, you know, Death Horror Eternal, Aquamage. I think there were some others as well, just opening that up. Massive, just completely opens your yeah. um, list design. It, it steers away from the old thing of having to run. I remember copying quite a bit of criticism over running a lot of depth horrors, and I can understand that. But one of the problems was that everything was conditional with the inspiring, so that if you yeah. wanted to run something, you had to run the others with them. 
Uh, but yeah. now you will get a more spread out type of list. I still think the depth horrors are the, the main punchy unit, but you can take whatever you like and not be worried about the inspiring. So that's a fantastic thing for the list. Yeah, and I think the other thing, I completely agree with that, and the other thing, uh, we've mentioned it multiple times, but some of the spells so uh, that are now options, so Bark Skin, Celestial Restoration uh, are two of the big ones, I think. Um, potentially Scorched Earth because defence is low, but it probably doesn't make that big a difference. But I think those spells, you pick the right ones to synergize with your army and, and they can be quite good. Yeah. The biggest thing with Scorched Earth is that, you're multiplying that ensnare rule. Yeah. Because you're hindering them and ensnaring, and that's when units that could hit them decently can't hit them at all. Mm. So, yeah, right. So something that's a melee three goes to five. Yeah. yeah. Massive <laughs> difference. I, I did it today. And yeah, it, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, so what, what are still some of their weaknesses in the army, do you think? Shooting. Shooting and lightning bolt, still the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and 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 generally low defense, I think. Mm. So you know, yeah, you still have to be really careful in what charges you're allowing, because even within snare, what does get through is generally going to wound you. Uh, flyers um, are still a, a bit of a problem, but I think with the number of individuals and some of the speed bumps that they've got, that's going to be less of a problem because mm. you can contain them a little bit better. Um, and yeah. when it comes to a effective army com- composition do you think do you think there's anything that has to be in the list to make it work no not really it doesn't have to be you could i think as nick said before you could build it like you know 10 different ways and still have a great list i, I think you're always going to have there's going to be they don't always need to be in every single list but i think you you probably won't find lists without at least um some form of death horrors or knucker I think you're going to have at least one or the other in, in nearly every list. I, I don't think I've ever seen a list without at least one of those two units because I think yeah. they just um, they add a lot. They just really add a lot to the way the army plays. Yeah. I've never made a list without Death Horrors. Can't see me in the future doing it without them either. Yeah, well, one of the, one of the few, you know, crushing options with Melee 3, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Won't, won't run as many of them, but um, yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. So you, you, I think you really need one of those uh, like reliable crushing options, right? Which probably is your depth horrors. Yeah, yeah. The the Thule are coming up to to par with them now um, mm. with some of the options available, but you've only really got them and the Giggers, and um, so yeah, you don't have a lot of options for uh, putting out damage with the mainline infantry units yeah and that's why they're always going to be there and 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 looking at scenarios i mean we can think about which ones are favorable or which ones that it hates i i think it's a pretty good scenario army just quietly um i i I mean because it's quite a defensive army and you've got all that ensnare i think if you play it to its strengths i think i I don't think there's really any hated scenarios and and I think any of the unit strength ones, maybe, and and I think I think any of the others are, are kind of okay. Um, what do you guys think there? I agree with you. I think it's one of those armies which can do well in all in a lot of scenarios. I mean, again, this is why I love the knuckers, even the bluff token ones, and being able to redeploy, um, you know, get to get to those objectives which are you know kind of far away from your main lines. Uh, you know, they can get to. You know, any of the objective token ones, the the I guess kind of invade um, area control ones, that they're, they're a really good all round scenario army. Yeah, 
I agree. One of the ones that I had had problems with in the past with them was um, the ones where you need that centre token or you're playing Dominate and they've yeah. got a whole heap of shooting sitting on the other side mm. and you've got to walk into that. You, They know where you're going to go and they've got all the guns pointing at you and that's that one can be a bit of a problem. Yeah. Because you can't get yeah, I mean, from- I mean, one bad scenario could be kill, I guess. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't depending on your army list doesn't yeah, have a lot I just of high crushing kill. options. Full stop. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think Trident Realms hate it even a little bit more though. Yeah. As you <laughs> like, said, when I played uh, Daniel King that time, it would have been much better running one of my normal lists. Like Trident Realms would have been great to use in that that game. Yeah, absolutely. So when it, I mean, we kind of talked about ma- magical artifacts. So unless there's, we kind of talked about that. Really, there's probably not massive value in artifacts in this list. Do we think that there's any overlooked combos that we'd mention? I think the combo. I think I mentioned the one on the Aquamage, which that's an interesting one. Which you know, you got two auras, which can potentially get to nine inches, particularly now with Veil of Shadows. I just think that's an interesting one. Um, mm. Don't think it's necessarily over, uh, over you know, overpowered or or anything, but it's just an interesting one which uh, you may not have picked up on. Yep, yeah, no, it's a, a good one, good use of her. Mm. The one thing I'll say. Obviously, the glass shield is going to be one of the most popular items yeah, uh, in, in nearly any army, I'd, I'd imagine. Uh, but it really does lend to a lot of the characters, individual characters in Trident Realms can make some real good use of that because we've got a lot of defence for uh, characters, so they get the full benefit out of it and then you're, you're whacking on the, the ensnare and that as well. So... Um, a lot of those cheap 10-point items, the, the regen one, one-off regen, is another good one for Mythicans and stuff like that. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, so there's some some good, nice, cheap things to throw in there for the mm-hmm. units, which is what I like. If I'm going to run items, I think the, the cheap ones are very good. And when it comes to, like, if we break up types of army into kind of melee, shooty, elite and horde armies... Uh, are there any specific strategies you guys would have? I mean, for me, I think the strategies for against most of those armies is use your ensnare and shooting. Shooty is probably the only one that really would give us some solid trouble consistently there. Yeah. Uh, w- what are your thoughts on that, uh, Nick, first? Yeah, shooting, and as Tracy's alluded to quite a few times, um, a lot of the elves with the, you know, hit on threes with elite, um, that, t- that tends to get around the ensnare a bit more. Um, they they can be quite challenging. I think a lot of the melee kind of elite alpha strike units because of the because of the ensnare um, aren't as much of an issue. Just got to mind the flanks with some flyers, but um, generally they they aren't too bad. But as you said, it, it's going to be those shooting armies, any lightning bolt heavy armies as well, um, which are going to give the Trident Realms the, the biggest difficulties. In agreement there, I'm tending to go down the, the route of uh, looking at different individuals on that to try and shore up some of the weaknesses by getting up and into them, more so than the spells uh, and that to protect the army. I think both, are, both can work, but... Um, yeah, oh, that's that's the way I'm heading at the moment is using some of the individuals, especially now that the Mythicans have got that extra D3 charge, adds a lot to it, and then just use terrain and the usual ways of trying to limit the amount of damage from shooting and lightning bolt. The problem with casting the spells is that you're only moving 
your your base move and the army's going to want to get up and into them it's built for that you know it's it yeah. is a combat army so when your characters tend to be getting left behind it doesn't quite work as well so um it's something you i think everyone's just going to have to try themselves and find what works for them and what doesn't mm. and does this army need allies i mean my answer would be no one needs allies so leave them at home <laughs> but, <laughs> well, i love allies I yeah, I know you do, Tracy. I, I know you do. Life. Yeah. Uh, what 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 do you think? Does it need them? No, nah, doesn't need them. Shouldn't use eyes. Full stop. End off. <laughs> no, no, <I'm> just <laughs> but I, I think honestly, I don't. I I think this. Um, I don't know about you, Tracy. Maybe you use eyes a bit more, but I haven't found myself ever necessarily wanting for allies. Yeah, I I've um, always enjoyed allies. Uh, I'm, I'll probably run them in about one in every five lists. Um, yeah, they don't need them. It doesn't doesn't have to have them. I just like you know chucking even more variety into things. Um, there is more than enough variety in the list, so I can understand people, you know, saying you don't need them and you don't. But I still enjoy using them. Which allies do you think are good? Which, okay, which um, good in Trident realms. In Trident realms, I think nature is a good ally for them. And in terms of what. Taking what as an ally? Well, they they've got a number of things that that blend in with uh, Trident Realm, so you can still uh, they've got a lot of the same units for for starters. But um, if you felt you you lacked in one area, you might want to like the unicorn or something like that. You might want to go that way to give you a little bit more speed with an individual lightning bolt, better access to that. Yeah, there's a number of things, and they're very similar. So if I was going to do it, that I'd probably go down that that route. Okay. And yes, I have used them already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what right. do you think? Well, have you ever used allies in, in your trial? I've, I've, I've never used allies in any list ever. <laughs> well, for, for any, for, I'm just for any army. You are filthy, Tracy. That's why we that's that's why we hose you down at the end of every tournament. <laughs> yeah, no, I've always. Oh, I think I explained once before. I used allies as a way of trying out new lists, and that would then form me into the next army. So if I was using these sort of allies, I say I want to try some uh, Northern Alliance or whatever. There might be a unit or two in there that I that catches my eye. So I'll chuck it in as an ally on the list that I'm using at the time and then I might, you know, progress on to using Northern Alliance and then while I'm using Northern Alliance, I might see something else and they go, oh, yeah, that's not bad, and then I'll grab a unit from that, throw it in as an ally. That's just how I work with them. It's not – it doesn't break it or come up with any, you know, people that say, oh, you know, it's like cheating. It's not at all. You're giving away, you're inspiring, you might shore up, in some ways, one type of weakness, but it doesn't make up for what you lose. So it doesn't really um, – you don't really get any great benefit out of it. No, yeah, and I don't I don't begrudge people using allies because I think it's in the rules. I just like the weaknesses in lists and it's just a, it's a personal thing for me. Let's move on to the listener questions. We've, we've got a few. I didn't tell them who our esteemed personalities were, but we've still got a lot of questions. Uh, the first one is uh, from Felix Castro. What are the guests' favourite updates to Trident Realms on COP22? Do you want to go first, Nick? 
I think I've said it before. I think it's just, and it's a bit vanilla, but is the um, the removal condition on Spire. And I think if we're getting specific, it's probably actually the um, the Coral Giant, uh, which I mentioned before, that addition of mm-hmm. melee, uh, the Slayer D6, and the additional two attacks, it just really just shifts that dial into something which can just go into those real problem units like Golems, like Siege Breakers, and just start really swinging away and um, start taking them out. So that for me is um, is probably my favourite one. I've got to go back and check the book because I'm sure it was only D6 plus five. I've got to see. It was D6 plus six before, and it's gone up to D6 plus eight. So it's it's out of five. I remember like it was. was, Right. um, Um, I can see it here. It looks like it's six. Um, Maybe maybe you were jibbing yourself and playing with only five. Maybe someone thought they needed the handicap against you and told you it was five. No, um, it's probably just me messing it up. Yeah, it does say D6 plus 6. I don't know where yep. we got it from. Yeah, I mean, yeah. L- listeners need to remember you are 87, Tracy. So. Mate, I am definitely yeah. feeling my age. I'm, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> I went to the dentist the other day. I forgot where I lived. I couldn't remember where <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Yep. I, I thought feel- of you might have been, there was a guy in the cricket the other day caught on camera rolling his top teeth around in his mouth. I thought that might have been you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't go to the cricket. Wasn't me. Yeah, yeah. What's your favourite update, mate? The formation and uh, yeah. just the, the upgrades to Thule completely across the thing. That's that's my favourite. The the extra distance, the the really good formation. Um, yeah, they, they they really do change. They they change the list from uh, an infantry based list that now can outpace other infantry based lists. Yep. So all those ones that are speed six, which is, you know, you know, it's nearly every list there is. So you've still got the problem with cavalry, but you can now out-distance those other infantry lists, and that's a, a massive change. Yeah, and I mean, you guys have picked cracking one, so I'll, I'll try and uh, pick something different. But uh, so I really like playing with uh, what was the Trident item called on the, on the Centurion. So the disordering shooting attack, I, I think that's that's just fun. So uh, that's that's something yeah, I like the there. Trident yep. of the Drowned Sea. Yes, that's it. Next question is from Donny Cross Jr., which I assume must make you, if you're a junior, that must make you the second as well, right? So Donny Cross the second. I've just changed your name there, Donny. Um, is it possible to build the most competitive Trident list without Ecta? Uh, we've kind of discussed that, I think, yeah. and I, I think absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was followed up by uh, Patrick Allen of um, Rules Committee fame with, I think, yes, but the same question, but with Knuckers. I I personally feel it's difficult to be com- competitive without Knuckers, um, but I think you, well, certainly you, Tracy, will feel differently. Yeah, I, well, look, I, I won a Masters with um, Trident Realm with no Knuckers in it. You weren't yeah, knocking around I, there? Yeah, I, I find it hard to build a list without knuckers. Um, yeah. But, you know, that, that's us peasant-level gamers and there's elite-level, uh, Tracy-level. So yeah, I've just got to get good, uh, be competitive yeah. without knuckers. That's a bit of, maybe that's a little bit of a training. Well, look, yeah. whatever you take out of a list, you're adding somewhere else. So you, you Yeah, know, exactly right. Yeah. You know, like Patrick's one of the best players I've ever uh, come across and you can see him on, on uh, podcasts and, Dash twenty eight. He really knows what he's talking about, and I've seen, he plays quite a bit of Trident Realms. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I take it his viewers that Knuckers are also very, very good. If he's asking that question, I don't know if you've seen him 
plays his list, Tracy, if he uses knuckles. I have seen him play his list. I can't remember whether he ran knuckles in it or not, to tell you the truth. Interesting clarification. I, I think he was playing no. against, yeah, Alex Kuss. Yeah. Yeah, he was playing against him. And Alex had all the lightning bolts and that. And that, that was the game actually where he had the little troops of the heart piercers that, that just Oh, they just died. got deleted. Yeah. yeah, just got deleted. And that, he was really on the back foot. Yeah, I can't remember. I know he had gigas in, in the list. I remember that. And he had the troops. and But, um, yeah, it was a hard matchup for him. Mm. Alex had a, a, a really good counter. As we've said, you know, lightning bolt and things like that are really difficult to deal with with Trident Realms, and Alex had all the lightning bolts. Yeah. Uh, uh, Felix with another question. How does the army rate it in terms of newbie friendliness? Would anyone recommend it to folks starting out in Kings of War? Wouldn't say it's newbie friendly. But, no. Um, yeah. but I wouldn't say it's particularly newbie unfriendly either. No, I think no, there's I certainly some intricacies about the list, but I wouldn't say it's a it's a very uh, tough, tough army to use per se. Mm. Um, there's just some interesting quirks with it and some um, quite glaring weaknesses. Yeah, I find a lot of newbies have trouble coming up against them. Mm. They're shocked. Yeah. Like, oh, how, how's that work? You know, like yeah, you know, I, the ensnare rule really throws them out. Yeah, I, I'd say it's not newbie friendly, but also on the other hand, it can be forgiving. So just the way that kind yes. of elite can forgive you for a bad charge, right? <laughs> um, in the same way, ensnare can kind of fit help you be forgiven for bad positioning. It might get you through that next combat. So um, I, I think in some ways it can be forgiving for a newbie, but I've, I think it really is an army that thrives on com- combinations. And so if someone's a newbie that is new to war gaming, I think it would be very tough. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah there are, there are a lot of people say it's a finesse army, uh, and it, it is to a certain extent. There are some weaknesses that you've got to learn to cover up. And other than that, it's fine. But, um, mm. yeah, you could can be very paper, scissor, rock with this army. Mm. So you, yep. you've got to, got to learn how to cover that. Nick Zetas asks out about our toughest slash easiest matchups. I think we really covered toughest, didn't we? Like any of the shooting armies. So elves. Elves, elves are a real problem. Elves of any variety, really. Yeah, and they're probably going to get even tougher now with the changes. Yeah, um, I would say uh, Night Stalkers if they're running all the Mind Screechers. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, they, they, they'll struggle against ours as well because most of their stuff's melee four plus. Yeah, yeah. And they don't have high toughness, so the combat-wise is quite well in our favour. Mm. Yeah. Night Stalkers if running very lightning bolt heavy, otherwise, yes. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Night Stalkers isn't. To for yeah. the beast, Tracy yeah. said, yeah. And any other tough or e- easy matchups? Uh, anything with the you know that's map four is has more of a hard time against, yeah. Uh, elemental yeah. heavy lists, maybe for forces of nature, would have a tough time against it, yeah. They um, tend because to have a lot of that is he- in their list, but well, true, yeah. But they won't be able to go through the units very well, yeah. Um, yeah. things like, uh, well, Undead's always a tough list to come across, but they tend to have a little bit harder time than they would against other lists. 
mm. when they come against Trident Realms. Any of those well, elite, elite melee-based armies um, without, you know, the, the Lelf-style elite with, you know, the actual rural elite, um, but say like Bas- Basileia with a low model count, um, you know, can find it tough going against um, Trident Realm, any of those type of armies. Yeah. The the difference with the undead is obviously the surging and stuff. So yeah. anything that can surge into the flanks is a hard time for Trident Realm. So there's good and bad in that one. Oh, Patrick, will an all Nyad list be better in Trident Realms or Forces of Nature? All Nyad. All Nyad. Uh, is that a trick so question? They have the exact uh, same uh, units. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I guess you've got different support units. So I'm not yeah, sure you've got different if, support. I'm so not sure Forces of Nature right. has all the options to characters. So I would say you get funky char- funkier characters. But in terms of resilience... Your, your forces of nature options, I would say, are going to keep your units alive longer. Yes, that's what I was going to say, is the heal. Uh, they've got much better options for heal. If you, well, they've if got ne- nearly all the same <laughs> units. They get the Worm Rider Centurions, they get the Naid Stalkers, they get the Ensnarers, the Heart Piercers, all the Naid units. The only ones they don't get are the... I don't think they get the Naid Centurion on foot. No, they uh, miss a couple of characters, and I don't think they get the ambushing one, do they? The one you like, Tracy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in that case, um, I'm going to say Trident Realm because uh, if we're going all Nyads, they get more. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's true. They both get worm riders of a different variety. But, yeah, um, yeah, I'd say probably nature does it uh, better in mm. because of the heel. But there wouldn't be much difference. I'll be... <laughs> Hobby chat from Matt Selling. Best ways to make your miniatures smell fishy. <laughs> Fish oil, maybe. Yeah. Fish oil, yeah, a bit of wasabi, soy sauce, you know. Mm. <laughs> Just take them fishing with you. Yeah, yeah take them, exactly. Yep. Put them in the tackle yep. box. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Peach, will people stop complaining about worm riders now? I don't think so. I still don't yeah. think they're quite right. <laughs> They're definitely better than they were. They're better than what they so, were. And they, they have um, a place in the list. So I, I I have run some and I would still run them occasionally. So they so might they, complain they're less. Better. Yeah. And um, uh, for me, I won't stop complaining about the fact that they're still in metal. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, is this from a rules or hobby perspective? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike McCready asking best hammer options for the army. Best hammer options. I don't think they're very much of a, a hammer, hammer list. Mm. I think it's funny because we discussed the uh, the dam busters loaded up with the uh, brew of sharpness. But that is probably the the best output you can get. But is it the best option? Probably not yeah. because we discussed yeah. it's just way too expensive. In yeah. some ways, it's it's almost the depth horrors just for, for a point for pound. Um, but even yeah. then, you wouldn't say they're really. Hammers per se. No, they're not. All this is the best. We don't have units that one shot other units. No, we don't. So um, it's a multi charge type arm, and that's why you need more drops. So, yeah. But lots of good medium hitting units. And I suppose in that way, when you talk about finesse, a lot of beginners, when they start, just look at the biggest, killiest things. That's why they like dragons, etc. And they like to just go in and kill things and then wonder why it doesn't work when someone chucks a little chaff in front of them and then gangs up all on their <laughs> unit and kills it. Gangs up with uh, with Thor and a bunch of Squidworths. Yes. 
yeah, mm. chucking a whole lot of different things. And so, yeah, they've got lots of good medium hammers. Well, I'll acknowledge the next one, but we won't answer it because we'll be short on time. Murgatroyd Kishtinklehoop. Build a <laughs> build a Trident Realms list that matches up well against the Keith. They called out Fish as an easy opponent on their episode. Well, I think if you if you've both of those, the, the Keiths tend to build fast. One builds a fast army, and the other builds a high shooting army. Right, yeah, so they're they're they're, they're a good matchup. Yeah. yeah, so that's tough. I mean, I'm sure you could build a counter for it, yeah. but yeah, be very um, yeah, yeah. Steve Foster with the formation of Thor worth it. We all said absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Um, Kyle Pool, why play Trident Realms instead of Nature? I mean, I think they're completely different playstyles. Yeah, they styles. are very, very different. different styles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, very so different. I, I think you're, you're you're playing it for a very different playstyle. So Nick Brooks, so since Trident Realms is one of the more IP Mantic friendly factions, what kind of character does the army have, both in terms of lore and Kings of War? In short, why should we play their IP armies? Well, they do something that a lot of armies don't, right? That mm-hmm. ensnare. It's it's kind of it, I mean it seems to be the IP armies seem to be getting something special for themselves right so um, Night Stalkers is stealthy dominant mm. um, you only see a sprinkling of that in other armies um, Trident Realms is in Snare and then the Halflings have their their spell ward thing um, so I think that's why if if you're into a super defensive style that rewards good movement play I think that's why you'd get into the Trident Realms. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. it was a bit calming. Yeah, very unique and a lot of fun to play. Adrian Scott, our friend from WA, said our depth horror is still the shit. Well, I think so. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're still in it, but they they're taking a, a little bit of a step backwards to where they were. You don't have to you you can have a lot more variety in the list now and make it work. You could run a list without depth horrors and still be competitive. Yeah. I'm not saying that I would. But you could. <laughs> um, Mode Gaddafi wanted to take it, us to take a moment to appreciate the depth horror eternal, which we did. Especially now that he has defense four. Well, he always had defense four, but just in my mind, he had defense three. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the shooting. Didn't any of your yeah. opponents ever tell you? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's up to me to know my list, right? Yeah, yeah. but still. Like, <laughs> I, I um, think you got it wrong. You're you're kind, Tracy. No one else. No one else likes him that much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm skipping down a couple because a lot of these we have covered. Jeremy asked me, "Has Matt Croger ever felt the love of the sea?" Jeez, <laughs> um, I'm not sure how to take that. But those thorn tendrils, they can get into some interesting yeah. places. I felt the love of a lot of things, and so I'd have to have surely felt the love of the sea. Now that Thor, Mythicon, and Aquamage are spellcasters with inspiring for all, is there any point to taking a siren? Who has no inspiring? Well, we said there's no point at all. Zero. Right. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> yeah. It can uh, Danny Graves, it can be hard to make Trident Realms work well without certain units. And he quoted Ector and Knuckers. Which units would you buff in order to give Trident Realms a more flexible range of play styles? Um, I, I think that's I a good question, have. but I think we already have a pretty yeah, good army. Yeah. They buff the units that needed a bit of a buff. That, uh, as we've gone through them, some of them we said still need a buff. But there's still more than enough variety. And uh, like me and Nick could write 10 lists each and have 20 different lists, mm. 20 yep. different combinations here. Yep. And um, Zay, who is Adrian from Sydney, yep. um, wrote about a thousand questions. Um, 
Well, that's who I was playing today. So yeah, it yeah, was, it was good um, playing playing before we came playing another Trident Realm player because it really mm. looked at how he was playing it and how I was playing it and what interactions there were. So it was really good playing against him. Yeah, I mean, I think we've answered a lot of his questions as, as we've gone along, and he said our fools still overcosted. I mean, I I don't think they're. I think they're less usable outside of the formation, but I don't think they're necessarily yep. overcosted. No, but and, and if they are, it's not by much. No, no, I think they're pretty much online now. The 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 if they didn't have that movement bonus, I would say yes. But that movement bonus um, on top of the formation has has definitely put them put them back in my books anyway. Put them back in my list. Yeah. Right. Well, why don't we move on to the sample army lists, uh, and that'll be our final thing for the review. Uh, yep. Tracy, let's start with you. I got you to write a 2,000-point list, so can yep. you take us through that? I will say I put a bit of variety in. It's not necessarily how I would run it, but pretty close to it. Mm. Um, I've got a regiment of Thule, um, then a regiment regiment of Placoderms. Again, they won't make most of my list, but I put them in there. Uh, if you want to deal with cavalry, etc., uh, one heart piercer unit, uh, again a regiment, two tidal swarms, uh, two death horror hordes, uh, a coral giant, uh, naid stalker, um, again one of the characters to run around, death horror eternal with the banner of Abishai. So as we were talking about, oh, yeah. uh, just give me that. Uh, I find lightning bolts a real problem. Um, so if I can, I've got enough drops in my list that I can get mine down after the other person. So I've got a pretty good idea where they're going. Um, Thule Mythican, um, I've given him the healing brew, knowledgeable and bark skin. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the one thing I'll say with them is that you will often want to throw them out and into a fight. Bark skin is probably the best spell for this list. Um, but I'm still in two minds whether I want to spend the points. Yep. So, but I'll put it in the list. Uh, then I've got the formation uh, with the two Thul regiments and the Thul mythic, and I gave him the glass shield. Uh, as I said, it could go on the stalker as well, but I'd really want to protect that mythic until I get all the charges off uh, with the Thul. So um, I, I shoved it on there just to make him a little bit, Bit harder to kill, and that's me 2,000 points. And that is uh, 14 drops and 24 unit strength, which is not bad for 2,000 points. Now, what would you consider the weakness in that list? Well, probably it's strength and it's weakness. Uh, strength, a lot of drops. I've got a counter to most things, high defense. Could be a problem. Um, I've got some answers to that, but not not a great deal. Um, shooting could be a problem again, but that's just a natural thing for for the unit. But I've got a few uh, characters there to help on that side. Um, yeah, they'd be the weaknesses. Strengths is scenario play. Very good for scenario. Uh, and Nick, what do you got at twenty three hundred? Yep, so my 2300 point has two Nyad Heartpiercer regiments, a regiment of the River Guard, two regiments of Tidal Swarm, two hordes of Depth Horrors, 
one regiment of the water elementals, a horde of giggers with stainstone, two knuckers, a coral giant, a nide centurion with the talk of dissonance and the trident, a thull aquamage who has kept his icy breath, um, has weakness to bark skin five and amulet of the fireheart for one off double cast, and then ector. So this one comes in at 15 drops, only one more than Tracy, and comes in at two unit strength less um, because I have not gone for as many regiments have gone for a few more uh, unit strength one and individuals. So in terms of weaknesses, I mean, I think uh, generally um, for Trident Realms, as Tracy said, it's going to be shooting and lightning bolt. Um, It it is – I tend to – run my list is a bit of everything um so quite an all-round list you can see it's got a bit of shooting it's got some of that high crushing strength with the gigas the coral giant ector um the uh, i mean aquamage has a few spells but it's got that amulet of the fire heart the weakness as well again because if they come up against you know ector the gigas even you know at a pinch the um the coral giant that weakness can come into play at the same time as having bark skin for some of the other units um depending on where they are Bit of shooting in there with the the heart pierces, the river guard, you know, and even at a pinch, uh, you know, Ectors, um, wind blasts, and the Aquamage's icy breath for late game. Um, so it's got a bit of everything. It's um, it's not going to be overly strong against uh, any one list, but I, I think it kind of ticks off, um, you know, most bases, which is how I like to run my lists. All right. Well, we might leave it there for the for the evening because we're coming up on three hours. I'd like to thank you guys for your time. Uh, going late into the evening. Uh, Thanks for sharing your thoughts and being two good players to keep this very average player company while we we talk (laughs) about this army. It's it's fun talking about it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I I really enjoy it and I really enjoyed doing this with you guys. So uh, with that, we might leave it there. So until next time, keep counter-charging. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.